Do you need to readjust yourself? Are you comfortable enough? I'm sure this will do just fine. Okay. Lovely. I'm tangled again though. Fucking. <laughs> <laughs> Making a meal out there of There we go. Nice. Beautiful. Excellent. Righteous. Nah, that didn't righteous. <laughs> didn't feel right. <laughs> yeah, no. There's a reason to get right lived. with the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> this is a secular podcast. Stop it. Inshallah. Oh. <laughs> Other religions are, are available. Are available. <laughs> <laughs> Not Buddhism. Uh, we have too much stuff. Yeah, that's fair. Mm. Mm. Quite attached to. Things. Yep. Yeah, I do like my things. This is true. Say, for example, Bundaberg, no sugar ginger beer. Gotta love it. <laughs> Hit us up. <laughs> I'm very open to a partnership. Other ginger beer manufacturers are available. Currently. Yeah, currently. No contractual mm. ab- obligation <laughs> whatsoever. Not an exclusive yet. Maybe a couple more dates than we will be, but. Perhaps a Saxby's sponsorship Mm, No, I wouldn't want a Saxby's to be honest I'm happy to rule them out now from the get-go I'm not going to burn the bridge But it's not optimal It's not not going to burn the bridge But I'm going to pour petrol on it And (laughs) maybe someone will drop a match on it (laughs) Who knows? (laughs) As long as I don't have to drink sarsaparilla As part of a partnership for the podcast yeah, no, there's a it's line. Not, and <laughs> it's not worth it. No. <laughs> keep, keep your money. When we're drinking sarsaparilla on camera, that's when you know we've truly sold out. <laughs> All right, should we get into it? Yeah, I'm ready to. I'm ready to for the viewers to see how how we nail this song. Oh, you're gonna do it all. Oh, no, you can do the song and I'll No, no, you're going to do the holding and the Yeah, I got pumping? legs. I got legs this week. Okay. Yeah. Grow them back. All right. Yep. <laughs> Ooh, nice. Not bad. Slightly less pop. Yeah. Yeah. But he did do it all by himself. He did. So, credit to him. Very impressive. Man of the match. Maximum effort. Well done. <laughs> I'll take the Brownlow votes this week. Thanks, fellas. <laughs> Best Thank on podcast, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> Plenty more of the game left to play. <laughs> but um, yeah, best on ground as of yet. Two minutes in. What's <laughs> going on, everyone? We're here with episode number 18 of the Storm in the Beach podcast, talking about all things great and garbage from our sports viewing this week. Coming to you from the new and improved Storm in the Beach studio, which uh, totally isn't just a bedroom in my household. It's definitely a very exclusive location um, that we've had constructed with the many monies that we've made from the podcast so far. All the sound treatment is indeed hidden in the walls. (laughs) (laughs) But no, it is nice though, because we've upgraded from bedroom to... Bedroom. Not not a bedroom. Yeah. yeah. Oh, sorry. Sorry. (laughs) Oh, not a bedroom. Studio. Beach-themed studio. Futon room. Futon. (laughs) Futon and... Beanbag room. room. Exactly. How's the ambiance? Pretty good feel. Mm. Yeah, it's quite bright. It's um, pretty bright. Those bulbs are way brighter than the Philips Hughes. Mm. <laughs> uh, noted. I'll work on that for next time. Oh, I'm not complaining. But yeah, a lamp with a with a bit of colour, a mm. bit of splash. Maybe. Just one of them. Maybe we'll get s- some of the um, Patreon money into some 
Philips Hue lamps. We might need a couple more Patreon subscribers <laughs> to afford Philips Hue. At least one. Yeah. Jeez. Got to start somewhere. Yeah, maybe we can some knockoff brand or something that have the little shitty remote. Yeah. Yeah. yeah might perfect. be the go. Philips with an F. <laughs> <laughs> and one L. Uh, I believe Philips only has one L, the electronic brand anyway. Does it? I think so. Oh, oh. I fucked that up. Sorry. Well, it was still funny. Yeah, it, it, is funny. it is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. What's going on, Matty? Uh, not a lot. Went down to Melbourne this weekend. Nice. Uh, Sunday and Monday for my uncle's birthday. Quite nice. Quite cold. Understandable. Paid a trip to Trentham in Victoria. Uh, it was about one degrees. Ooh. And uh, uh, where is that in location <laughs> of something that we might know? Perhaps a football team? Well, it's uh, only 20, 30 minutes down the road from Castle, Maine. Uh, Isn't that in the brewery in Brisbane? Yeah, and that's about twenty thirty minutes from Gisborne. Mm. Oh, for fuck's sake! I've heard the word. <laughs> 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 now you're thinking of Lisbon. <laughs> it's very much a one horse, three bakery town. Well, you said you went to Melbourne. Yep. Okay, is it a suburb or a town? It's a. S- it's a know. town. I think it's a town. What's the difference? One is part of a city, and one is a town. I believe it's, it's separate. A town. From it's a, a town. It's mm. very oh, much okay. a town. So the bakery, even though there's one, it's good. There were a few bakeries. Oh shit! Yeah. Okay. Mm. Sorry. Jeez. And contrary to popular belief, coffee is quite nice in Melbourne. No, that's a cold take. <laughs> Ice cold. <laughs> Ice cold. Cold as this ginger beer sort of take. <laughs> <laughs> that one was left out. On a icy sixteen degree day exactly. in, on the Gold Coast, so it's cold, cold as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> um, as a coming from a family of vegans, three quarters vegan, myself not included. Um, yeah, vegan um, twice removed on my mother's <laughs> side. <laughs> Everyone was having a great time because, uh, say what you will about Melbourne, but hipsters have roamed free there for quite Many some time now, mm-hmm. and they've truly perfected the vegan craft. Of course, there were some tasty meals down there. Like an example? Uh, vegan pies, vegan pastries, oh. but, you know, no butter, no milk, no eggs, but fluffy, moist, genuinely mm. not tasting like cardboard. There's a um, there's a bakery on Sagano Drive. Flower of Life? Yeah, not good. They do. Mm-mm. Oh. Mm-mm. I was about to go the complete opposite That's direction. That's a spicy take. Especially when you roll in and order a pie and then you look up after you pay and it says like uh, gluten free dairy free meat free I don't think it's gluten free fun free (laughs) taste free go back so I went back across the motorway to the actual bakery the Vietnamese one at Oxenford which is oh magnifique on the on the front side of the post office place oh yeah Yeah, they're pretty good they They are are good they are good but Um, flower of life yeah so they do somehow they do like one of the best custard filled donuts I've ever had. Oh, well, and that's it's not in, a pie, is it? Okay, their pies are also good, but <laughs> just <not>. fucking wait. <laughs> best, cu- like, maybe second best custard filled donut I've had, and it was entirely vegan. Yep. Which is, you know, credit to them. I don't really. Can you call it custard if it's vegan? Uh, sorry. Custard. <laughs> <laughs> custard with a K. <laughs> <laughs> right up my alley. Creamy um, custard cupcakes. Good. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, the pies are pretty good. Go back and get the 
cheese and steak pie. Ooh. No thanks. The, pe- actually, the cottage pie. I haven't had the cottage. Not one. bad. That's potato top, didn't it? Yep. Yeah, I'm not generally a fan of potato on the top. Oh. Unless I'm sitting down to eat it with a knife and a fork, I don't. I don't want a cottage pie or a oh. pie. Yep. It's not a mobile choice. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, that's fair. But yeah. no, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick to the classics. Vietnamese bakery. Yeah, the classic Vietnamese bakery, steak, bacon, and cheese pie. Yeah, yep. exactly. <laughs> Good old Australian Vietnamese <laughs> beef pies. <laughs> Lord. No, true. I, I love the one when I worked in Fortitude Valley. It was on the end of the block that we were on. And um, at the end of the day, you could get like two pies for five bucks because they were just clearing them out. And talking to like... And you could get like uh, a pie and a small coffee for $5 or whatever as well. Start the day right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Start it with a pie, end it with two pies. <laughs> You're also forgetting the lunch break pie. <laughs> when I'd walk down there, get the bus one stop just to get my trip in for morning tea to try and cheese the 10 rides. Um, <laughs> I'd swing by, grab a pie on the way back. <laughs> but um, the whole family, you know, family business in there, all mm. the ladies. And then the uh, master baker himself comes out. Biggest Aussie accent you've ever heard from this Vietnamese bloke. I'm like, oh, what's going on? <laughs> he's like, g'day, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty good, though. Yeah, no, they, are, they are good over there. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, not going to go to this vegan place. How much is a pastry from there? Four dollars. Uh, I doubt that. They have both small and large custard-filled donut, and they are quite cheap. And a pie? I think they were like five fifty or something. Five fifty, yeah. Okay. Which for a vegan option is pretty pretty well priced. Yeah, yeah. yeah. not bad. Um, but uh, Melbourne has been quite a green electorate for quite a long time, mm. so hence why the domination of uh, yuppies yep. down there and their <laughs> cuisine. <laughs> Sheesh! <laughs> Tell us what you really think. <laughs> Keelan's going on. Maddie went to Victoria somewhere. I. Flew via Melbourne, I assume. <laughs> Probably flew into Essendon Airport <laughs> on his way down. <laughs> our mate Ben Hobbs did that, actually. <laughs> Unironically, our mate Ben Hobbs, not not the one who got injured in the mate, Bombers game. Our mate Ben Hobbs. Spoilers <laughs> for the. Mm. But yeah, no, don't he, skip ahead. Yeah, don't skip ahead. Yeah, he told Lepret he was flying into Melbourne Airport and then flew into whatever the other one is. Avalon. Avalon. Avalon yeah. <laughs> That's a fucking idiot. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and then yeah, we'll probably have to drive and get him from Avalon, funnily enough. Unlucky. Yeah. May as well keep going and visit the cattery while you're yeah. out there. <laughs> <laughs> Bit of a stitch up. But yeah, no, I am just going on. Um Ooh. Yeah. It's all going on? Yep. Nice. Working and such, nothing exciting. Fair oh. enough. Sure. Yeah. Fair enough. Oh, no, eight years with Emma on the weekend, so that was pretty large. Ooh. Yeah, nice. Went to Manolis Brothers in... You have a prosciutto on Surfers Paradise? No, <laughs> but I did fucking have prosciutto, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> oh, and I reviewed the footage from that Italian place, mm. the prosciutto on pair. Mm. Yep. Uh, it turns out it wasn't prosciutto on pair. Oh, would you look at that? Turns out uh, oh, no. Emma's pizza was like a four cheese situation with pear. Okay. And then... Uh, I had a prosciutto pizza, so mm. I was blending them in my mind. Um, is that a formaggio quattro? <laughs> As they would probably I list think it it's on their menu. Formaggio. Other languages are available. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, we only offer English. You might have to put <laughs> subtitles on the video. 
No hablo inglés. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no. Uh, so I got those facts wrong. But yes, Manolis Brothers in Surface, like uh, in that bougie section with the f- fancy grocery store and stuff. Yeah. Really good. Mm-hmm. Really very good. Nice. Would recommend. Nice. Uh, that is all. Cool. What's going on with you? Uh, well, I've been crook, so I watched pretty much every footy game on the weekend, which was great. <laughs> yeah, can't complain. Eh? Yeah. <laughs> Might be sick more often. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. Um, and other varying sports throughout the week, such as the Winter Festival of Football, etc. Yep. Oh. So, decent. Did, did you watch the D-League basketball? No. Ah. No. That's unfortunate. Yeah. I mean, we did lose, so... Yeah. But... Preseason. They didn't box me out on a free throw and I scored off it. Oh, nice. Off Maddie's missed shot. Two it was for, a, it was a strategic play. Nice. Yeah. Yep. Well done, boys. Doubled the points available from that shot. Yeah, nice. <laughs> nice. Good stuff. I should have passed back out to Mike and we could have tripled it. <laughs> <laughs> nah, it's getting greedy. Yeah, it's a bit too much, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah well. All right. Uh, Should we... Any nominations? For what? Butcher of the Week. Unofficially sponsored, sponsored by Super, Super Butcher. Butcher. Butcher of the Week. Oh. Other uh, butchers are available. Current, currently, currently, other butchers are available. Let us know. <laughs> we'll take small family jobs. Anything. We don't mind. Uh, as Keelan, long as it pays the bills. Any nominations? I have zero nominations. Uh, I have one. Matt, do you have one? I have one. Okay. Yep. Uh, mine's not so funny, per se. No, mine's not huge either. Normally, I'll, we're I'll quite funny. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this is an outlier. <laughs> exactly. Uh, my Butch of the Week nomination, Rory McIlroy at the Open Championship in Scotland at St. Andrews, was had a lead of uh, two strokes with nine holes remaining. Mm. Ended up uh, dropping a third place. Oh. Sheesh. Uh, our boy, top bloke Cameron Smith, not the rugby player, golfer, great moustache and mullet combo, uh, swooped in, had, I think, five birdies in a row around the ninth hole, and then won another birdie on the 18th. Swooped in, won the big prize. Saucy. Grats to him. Wowee. What a guy. But poor effort by Rory. <laughs> <laughs> what happened? Uh, he just couldn't sink any parts. Cameron Smith was just fucking nailing him from everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, uh, okay. Cameron Smith scored, I think, nine under par on the last round. So, pretty, obviously, didn't check decent. if his golf balls were balanced. Then, yeah, I guess not. I've been getting a lot of targeted content on Instagram <laughs> this week about making sure your golf balls are balanced before you use them to putt. I know, right? And they're like, "This isn't why you're you're not putting bad because you're bad. You're putting bad because your golf balls are lopsided." <laughs> he puts a dot on it and puts it in a glass of water and then goes, "Watch it," and it just goes. I was like, "Oh." It's I have a new excuse. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and away we go. It's probably not that you play golf, you know, once every three months. Yeah, in, no. in the warm months. Yeah, I'm not going out there now. No, exactly. No. God, no. Definitely not that. Definitely not lack of practice. It's the unbalanced balls. Everyone knows Facts. it. <laughs> Matty, your nomination? Uh, my flight to Melbourne was delayed about an hour, supposedly because the Jetstar pilots, so I flew out with Virgin, Mm-hmm. Supposedly, the Jetstar pilots parked the plane in the wrong area and halted the entire airport up an hour. <laughs> Someone couldn't have just 
stuck one of those big things they put under the wheels and move it in like 10 minutes. Who knows? A tug trolley thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I don't know how you park in the wrong area. Especially, was this at Gold Coast Airport? Or it was. Which is so literally, it's just a big car park for planes, basically. Like, yeah. there's no aero bridges. There's not really any real car parks or plane parks, if you will. There's not really any real planes either. No. Like, they're all the toy ones. Yeah, exactly. I suspect it was the end of a busy day and the pilots were ready to go home. <laughs> well, so there was no one in it and they couldn't move it. They just landed the they plane. Skirted into the first spot. Yeah. Oh, this will do. This is close to the... <laughs> Pop down, headed home. Ran over to their Airbnb at Coolangatta on the beach. <laughs> Fair enough. No, they can't afford that, actually. They're Jetstar pilots, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah. They get paid quite well. No, no, no. I'm just shitting on Jetstar. Ah, fair. Yeah. Um, <laughs> was it busy? Was the airport busy? Uh, my... Because f- when I went through there in May, it was chockers. I booked a flight 6 a.m. to 8.30 p.m. And I'm thinking, 6 a.m.? That's fine. The plane leaves the airport at 6 a.m. Mm-hmm. So... I was up at 3.30 a.m. Don't get an early flight, people. It's not worth it. Mistakes were made. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm going to assume there wasn't many people at the airport at that time. Not a whole lot. (laughs) I'm going to assume you went to bed at a reasonable hour to get up at that kind of time, right? Like, you probably went to bed at like 7 p.m.? Nine. I was thinking you were going to say you went to bed at midnight and had three (laughs) hours, but that is is a turn of events I didn't see coming. (laughs) Had to watch the North Melbourne game. Wanted Mm. to watch the Geelong game. Had to make the choice. Fair enough. Geelong game was all right for about two quarters anyway, so... Ah, that makes me feel better. Yep. No spoilers. Sorry, fuck. Shit. (laughs) Skipping ahead. Don't skip ahead. (laughs) I don't like what we just did. (laughs) me either. (laughs) Uh, Anyone got any movements on the shit list? Absolutely no additions to the shit list. Um, Me neither. Tepid, actually. Actually, hold on. (laughs) So... I had no additions initially and then when I was writing one of my recaps I went to look for a specific player stat and it was regarding most tackles ever in an AFL game. Yes. There is no official list on afl.com.au or any remotely good website for most tackles in an AFL game. Interesting. There is a website called like... I'll mention it later in my actual recap nice. but it's it's literally just like a big yellow page mm, I know the one like you're talking Windows about Windows 98 yep. fucking shit all over it the worst looking tables you've ever seen like the oldest looking tables yep is it that one yep, yep. like probably dawn of the internet it was, yep. it was on there <laughs> yep um, surprise it didn't have like automatically play music as I hopped onto the website <laughs> or something um, I think it predated that even yeah but, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah no it was shocking um there was, there is a page on afl.com.au when you Google specific stats. In this case, it was tackles. Mm. So I Googled most tackles in an AFL game ever. And there is a list on there, which has only been updated in 2018. So a bit shocking. Right. Um, they're, not, they're not keeping it up to date. Bit rude. But there's no tackle stat on there. Hmm. There is Weird. broken tackles. What? Four entries for broken tackles because it's tired. Or missed tackles. One of the two. Actually, maybe it was both. But yeah, no actual tackle stat. As if you're going through watching the game for broken or missed tackles and not keep and tally of the tackles as well. You there is know. actual statisticians at these games that track everything for AFL fantasy and such. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, tackle those rate. dickheads don't mm-hmm. put the information anywhere useful. 
Yeah, mm. that's kind of annoying given that tackles rate quite highly in the fantasy league. Yeah. You get a lot of points for tackles. Perhaps it's locked behind a sort of paywall. Mm. I mean, I couldn't even find somewhere to pay for it. So mm. I was only Googling 15 minutes though, but like it shouldn't be that hard to find. No, exactly. If you Google like NHL NBA records, it's like the first re- first thing on Google. Like StatsMuse is like the best one for NBA. You can just type in whatever and it'll spit out yep. exactly what you're looking for. Saucy. It's like a search engine for NBA stats. I like that. Yeah. Mm. It's really sick. Um, so shit list, AFLs. AFL statisticians, yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Which also there's a discrepancy in that yellow website, mm. my mathematics and afl.com.au as well. So 1.5 entries because I'll, I'll, t- I'll go more in depth later, yeah, but it's, yeah, yeah. it's shit me off. That's pretty annoying. Yeah. We need a Just single source of truth. Yeah, please. <laughs> <laughs> or at least tell me why the numbers are different. Yeah. Exactly. But yeah, I That's have a theory, I but I'll, t- I'll, go, I'll go into more depth later. Yep. Excellent. I think it's time for... Time on. Time on. <laughs> God. That could be the worst one so far. No. I am <laughs> trying to make them worse. That was, that was definitely better than last week. <laughs> what was last week's? Was it the, high, some, the really high one? Some sort of just... <laughs> 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 Western Bulldogs take on St. Kilda. The Bulldogs 2022 season draws a lot of similarity to the year 1835, which saw the British Parliament... This is another battle. (laughs) (laughs) Which saw the British Parliament outlaw bull baiting. Uh, Bull baiting was a sport where uh, a bull was tied down and uh, fought a bunch of bulldogs. And it would just launch them all over the shop. <laughs> Sick. P- pretty good. <laughs> Where do you get your information? <laughs> it's like, what are you Googling? Are you just Googling random bulldogs facts and then running with that? The, the dogs were in decline, is the point I was getting at. The efforts of breeders to keep the beloved Western Warriors alive was not in vain, as the doggies nailed the Saints to a cross kicking all five first quarter goals and seven straight. Things were looking dire for the Saints. The Bulldogs champion, Sir Bailey Smith, had re-emerged stronger than ever with the devil's dandruff coursing through his veins. (laughs) (laughs) Disclaimer, Bailey Smith may or may not be on crack. We don't know for sure. Oh, duh. Yeah, no, sorry. The halftime siren echoed out as Luke handed some icy cold electrolyte beverages to the boys. Nice one. The Saints were down six goals and it was time for drastic measures. At the strike of 12, a cloaked figure set off from the Marvel Empire on horseback, heading for the Prophet's Lair. Meanwhile, the Saints prayed for good fortune as they prepared to do the unspeakable. The cloaked man had arrived, removing his hood. King Max knelt before the Prophet, Brett Radden who warned Max that the battle was lost, but the war was not over. He could still rally his men, but a sacrifice was owed. Back at the castle, beneath the holy church, gathered the saints, who offered up Paddy Ryder. As the chanting grew louder, shadows began to take form and grabbed Paddy, ripping the flesh of his calf from the bone. (laughs) Poor guy. 
St. Kilda fought back valiantly, but as the king returned, he witnessed his men be pushed back to the inner keep. The final gate came crashing down as Marcus Bontempelli and Tom Libertore rode in, beheading Max and defeating St. Kilda. Final score, Dogs 84, Saints 56. Hmm. Delightful. Not bad. Not bad. Really like the way that you um, told me some stats there. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Can you just give me a random stat from the game? I'd like that a lot. Um... Tom Libertore had 21 disposals. No. I don't, I he don't gave know. you a stat. I don't know <laughs> if that's factually accurate. Um, check that yourself later. Uh, but I think we can safely move on to Adelaide Oval. Saturday, 1.45pm. Is that me? No, it was, it's me. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry, I was trying to team myself up because no one else was sorry I'm, I'm trying to pick snag baggers now teams are out oh sorry yeah don't let everyone know we're really underprepared like that or well anything. we just started early so this the team list went out true we're too prepared yeah exactly exactly now adelaide oval was the host of the battle of the big oh, sorry fuck i fucked that already hey <laughs> Now, Adelaide Oval was the host of the battle of the medium-sized birds that snack on insects on Saturday afternoon. <laughs> That's wordy. <laughs> I didn't read that out loud when I was writing it. And, uh, you can really tell. <laughs> now, the Magpies were unable to swoop early as the Crows stacked on the pressure and squeezed out three goals. Lachlan Murphy, not having to tell any Furfies as his kick dribbled over for a goal, Taylor Walker, the straight shooter, taking a page out of the movie Wanted and bending his shot around his body. And Darcy Fogarty using the force to, to bend his kick away from the goalpost and squeeze it in for a major. The game turned and the Magpies started to apply some pressure of their own. The Crows unable to get their helmets on as the Pies started swooping. Like a pissed off Magpie <laughs> with something to prove, Nick Dacos stormed through the middle of the ground, received the ball and sent it inside 50. His run continued and the pressure from the forwards saw the ball back in his hands and the young Dacost slammed it through for Collingwood's first. Majacek wasn't to be outdone by the young fella 10 years his junior and then got one for himself. Steel Sidebottom stole the show in a goal square ruck when he just let the ball drop all the way to the floor uh, without any contest and volleyed it home for a goal. It was very delightful. Mm. Check the highlights for that. It's saucy. The Crows defenders were uh, too sleepy to do anything at all, clearly. Um, they, they, they it's like they forgot there was a rock happening, legitimately. They just like let it happen. Um, and then Ash Johnson rounded out the quarter with some excellent goal square offensive pressure, lighting Tom Doherty on fire and taking the crumbs to get his first goal on debut. Tex took a much straighter shot to open the scoring in the second putting the Crows up by one. But Darcy Cameron directed a goal, directed a volley goalwards to put the Pies back in front. Bo McCreary wasn't feeling McDreary. The switched on forward, getting his first of the match. A Darcy Fogarty left foot snap across the goal ignited the Crows, and they scored a murder of goals to finish the half ahead by seven points. Yeah. Now, a murder is defined as a minimum of uh, three Crows. <laughs> Uh, in this case, it was just on that minimum. It was three goals for them. <laughs> what's what's two or less goals? Just a couple of crows, I guess. Fair enough. Yeah. So I guess you just replace. 
Dos crows. <laughs> Dos crows, senor. Other languages are available. <laughs> the crows rushed off to, off the start of the third, Murphy kicking his second goal 40 seconds in. But Jack was hungry. Ginevan cancelling it out not two minutes later. A free kick to Majacek for high contact saw the Pies get within a goal's reach, but the Crows laid on the pressure and got the ball to Tex, who kicked his third goal to re-extend the lead. A close game of footy can often hinge on a few key moments, and Crows fans would have been hoping that Darcy Cameron's late hit on James Hinge that led to him kicking a major for the Crows was one of these moments, as they went ahead by 16 points. But the Crows kept going, with Josh Carmichael found himself hunting. The second gamer hitting one on the run from just inside 50, and the 350 gamer Scott Pendlebury hitting one just on 50 to end the quarter. Um, the joke in there was that I used Carmichael, Carmichael Hunt. hunting. Yep, yeah, cool. nice so one. shout out Suns <clears throat> fans. Was that 350 games? For Pendles, yep. Far out. Huge. Yep. He is still as calm and collected as always. And I saw something during the week where his like his worst games are so close to his best games. He is awfully consistent. Mm. Mm. But I read that high, that that headline incorrectly and was like, "Are they saying that he's shit?" <laughs> <laughs> and then clicked on it and was like, "Oh no, they're actually just tooting him off here." Fair enough. Him, Must be that um, little-known basketball background that he has that I never mention. Could be, <laughs> possibly. <laughs> Um, now, perhaps an indicator of the contest and the conditions, Darcy Moore, Moore took Collingwood's first contested mark of the game early in the final term. Uh, at this point, Adelaide were on seven contested marks. And then I quickly scanned through like the other games to see the average contested marks by full time for, for um, all the games. Um, the average for a, for a team this week was about 10. So, one in the final quarter being the first is... Not ideal. It's no bueno. <laughs> <laughs> um, and everyone probably knows at this point because of the extensive media coverage on him during the week, um, especially if you hop on afl.com.au during the week. Um, but Nick Dacos allegedly hit another level this game. The youngster hit his second and third goal early in the final term uh, and also recorded 40 total disposals for the game. Uh, he's really trying to lock in his Rising Star Award early. <laughs> he's now averaging 26.6 disposals a game for this year. Some, Pretty good for his first year. Yeah. Some bookmakers may or may not have already paid out. Actually? Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, he'd have to get injured and then John Newcomb would have to have a really big end of the season. Yeah. Given that, <laughs> you know, we're probably like not playing five finals. Five games so, left. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I was reading an article about the best first seasons ever. And there's a couple stupid ones where like a first seasoner has had like 150 goals in a season. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> Back in the day where forwards kicked eight per game. Yeah, in like yeah. literally the 50s or 60s. Yeah, yeah. And I, the article was like, yeah, these don't really count. I was like, yeah, fair enough. Um, so this could, he's, he's on track for basically the best first, first year uh, season ever, mm-hmm. essentially is what they're all saying. First season ever. Yeah, um, well, well, but Chris Judd back to the game. Matt Rowell, if he didn't get injured, mm. who knows? Who knows? Back to the game. But <laughs> back to the game. <laughs> the Pies gifted Tex his fourth. Uh, he basically walked it in after getting fifty for free, uh, and the Pies kicked two in a row to get the Crows out of Wings' reach. The second gamer Ash Johnson kicking his second, 
and Jamie Elliott wheeling around and bending in his first. Lachlan Murphy and Tex kick their third and fifth goals respectively, gathering quite a murder of goals between them to get the game back within Wings' reach. But a late comeback just wasn't meant to be, with Collingwood holding on to win by five points. Crows 13 886, Magpies 14 791. Uh, this is the game where I had to go Google statistics. Hmm. A couple of records broken this game. Rory Laird uh, recorded the most tackles ever in a game with 20, which is what they told me. Mm-hmm. Then I wanted to, you know, go find the previous best. So I went to the big yellow page, <laughs> the big yellow table, uh, and found that the previous record was held on 19 tackles in a game, jointly between Tom Libertore from a game in 2017, Jack Zebel from 2016, and Jude Bolton from 2011. So that one's been hanging in there for a while, and he's just smashed it by one. And this is what really shit me off. (laughs) (laughs) According to the AFL uh, timeline for this game, Collingwood recorded a new team record of 117 tackles. Go on. But you Google... that Well, you go to the big yellow page, (laughs) and... Their 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 record is listed still as this game, but as 126. Hmm. And hmm. if you go to the total tackle count for the game for each player and sit there and add them all up, it adds up to 126. Right. So I don't know who's wrong or if there's a different method, but if we call it as the 126 because... Uh, I also use the big yellow page to find out who, who, who uh, which club has the best record currently. Mm-hmm. They're short of the record, who is currently held by Sydney um, at 155 tackles in a game. Tackling machine of a team. Yep. I didn't write down when that was, but it was... Probably... 2018, 2019, I think, mm. against Port, maybe. But... That's semi-speculation, given that it's my memory. So. Yeah, I'm. I'm thinking maybe the tackles, maybe the total team tackles, they don't count separate player tackles, but rather completed tackles. So if there's a yeah. gang tackle, it only counts as one, but it would be maybe two or three. Yeah, but by players, they don't display that statistic normally. Mm-mm. Anywhere, yeah, yeah. Mm. and I couldn't find Collingwood's previous record on Collingwood's website or AFL.com.au, so I don't know where, like, why they're just not like it's just a pain in the ass. Fix your numbers. Podcasters everywhere are livid <laughs> with this <laughs> statistical anomaly. It's true. Um, just the poor documentation from AFL.com.au. Uh, fix your shit. Uh, Tom Libertore had thirty-one disposals, not twenty-one. So the stat he gave you wasn't even correct. Yeah, but he got one digit right. Yeah. <laughs> and 50% is a passing mark. <laughs> Let's send in the next game. <laughs> Please, All before right. he can say anything else. The second of the opening Saturday games, we headed to the Honey Hole, Monica <laughs> Oval. <laughs> <laughs> For the big guys from the greater Sydney region hoping to put a sweeter finish onto a bitter season up against the not-so-wounded Lions <laughs> after the Bombers dropped one on them last week. It's a good name for a strip club. What, the honey hole? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I thought you meant Manuka Oval. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
that actually. Write that down. <laughs> <laughs> when our Patreon, uh, you know, takes another turn. Next business idea. Yeah. <laughs> we can record from the honey hole. <laughs> oh, yeah. The Lions liking this matchup, winning four out of the last five and scoring an average of 100 points in these matches. Toby had the Lions fans green with envy, opening the scoring for the match from a 50-meter penalty. Daniel ensured the Lions McStayed in the contest, kicking their first goal after the Giants were lumbering slowly back and nobody stood the mark or covered the goal square. So he basically just Casual. Like waltzed in over where he caught the ball from and no one was back to even touch it on the line. He kicked it from like 55. <laughs> Sheesh. Coach killer, that one. <laughs> Brisbane had GWS stuck in a cornado, the Lions spinning the Giants around with quick ball movement and it came to CC on a platter with Cameron converting. Shout out to CC's Cornados. <laughs> Variation of chip. They're not bad. <laughs> I've never had one. <laughs> Brisbane may have bought into expanding the McDonald's brand into travel and accommodation, offering up two golden arches from McLuggage and McStay, <laughs> kicking four goals in a row and holding a three-goal lead at the first break. <laughs> you Mick happy with yourself? <laughs> Absolutely. I'm loving it. <laughs> GWS got the second quarter start they were after Once again, Toby Green was money Opening the scoring While McCluggage answered straight back Snapping and adding his second goal to his bag It was blow for blow With Kelly dealing another major blow to the Lions Before Hipwood teed off into his first From the middle of the fairway Re-extending the lead to 19 points Where wore one where you wouldn't want one, receiving a point-blank blow of the footy to the jewels from Rainer's boot? Round of applause. (laughs) How did you get that first try? (laughs) If you play the tape back, I took a good half a beat just to steady myself. (laughs) And and I may have practiced like half a dozen times as I was writing it. (laughs) But the Giants were still all systems go. Green shining some light at the end of the first half, kicking two goals to take his tally to four and reducing the Giants' deficit to only seven points. The third quarter was all Brisbane early, with McCluggage adding another snag to his bag, opening the scoring with his third goal, with Cameron Rayner pouring in one of his own and Hipwood making it three in a row. Tim Toretto Taranto drifting in the Lions only uh, sorry. <laughs> Tim Toretto Taranto drifting in the Giants only goal of the quarter, but Charlie Cameron had Lions fans revved up after motoring through the pocket to win the ball, peeling out from his defenders' clutches and snapping over his shoulder for his second goal. <laughs> like a forgotten bag on the airport carousel, McCluggage showed up again and again, this time <laughs> adding his fourth goal after the three quarter time siren. The Giants only managed three inside 50s in the whole third quarter. That is the fewest Brisbane has ever conceded in a quarter outside of the shortened matches in 2020. The fourth quarter saw more of the same action. Zach Bailey smoothly delivered a handball to Charlie Cameron for his third goal, opening the scoring as easy as opening a bag of delicious corn chips. (laughs) While the goals were pouring in for the Lions, with Cam Rayner dropping in his second and third goals, and Coleman putting the finishing touch on the boys' weekend trip away to Canberra. The Giants answered back with three goals in a row to make the final result a little more flattering, but it was too little, too late. The Lions 
carried to a 40-point win by McLuggage, who was charged extra for his flight home <laughs> after packing 29 touches to go with his four goals. <laughs> Brisbane Lions, 15-9-99. GWS Giants, 9-5-59. Brisbane right on their money with their 100-point average against the Giants. I am, I thoroughly enjoyed the luggage references. <laughs> um, we have had them in quite a few games and I think you've topped them all um, that's difficult to do so deep into the season congratulations thank you thank you he was everywhere alright Matty oh your boys are up oh how good been excited for holy this smokes this is going to be a good one <clears throat> there's going to be no sadness hopefully none at hopefully all hopefully no war crimes mentioned <laughs> <laughs> No promises. <laughs> I reckon there's some super soldier talk um, <laughs> regarding a, a certain key few players. Saturday, July 16th, round 18, Marvel Stadium. At least we didn't drop back to the late 1800s to begin this one, so oh, that's no. good. 4.35pm. Imagine this printing across his screen in typewriter print. <laughs> 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 AFL fans, enjoy yourselves today. Lots of fun. Heaps of fun. North Melbourne's on the ball versus Richmond. And boy, did they come out to play. What does Richmond FC and motorcyclists have in common? What? Getting absolutely folded by kangaroos. (laughs) (laughs) Now, a four-point margin may not be overly impressive, but for a 14-loss streak team, it's it's like giving birth to your first child. Exciting, joyful, loud, and lots of crying. By now, you may have clued on that North Melbourne won the game, but don't skip ahead. There's still plenty of boasting to come. (laughs) And who better to kick in the ribs whilst they're down than Richmond? Tigerland learnt on Saturday that you don't mess with the Zerha as the Kangas Kangas forward cut and styled his way to six goals. <laughs> Jai had 16 to 40 year old men cancelling their OnlyFans subs en masse and throwing money his way as we all continue simping for Simpkin. <laughs> Whilst Luke Davies Uniac quietly continues to display elite level football that commands AFL fans to learn his full name, not the abbreviated LDU. The 19 year old Paulie Curtis demonstrated strength, double his size. That would have Boomer Harvey crying tears of joy. Ben Mackay has emerged as a titan the last two games, locking up defense as if his life depended on it. Luke McDonald can do no wrong. Ended the game with 19 disposals and 8 marks. Not overly impressive, but probably one of the most consistent, if not the most consistent player on North Melbourne. And with his consistency and heart, He's making a real case for why he should be captain of this club. And who could forget Slevo? Nah. <laughs> Jane, Jane really stepped up this one, making up for his poor fourth quarter defensively last week, where he let two goals through in one minute, and he had himself quite a game. Now, I could go on and on about North Melbourne, so I will. <laughs> the heart, the engine, the brain, and the grit of the team, Todd Goldstein, left his imprint on the game with 15 disposals, 25 hit-outs, and a huge fourth-quarter goal 
to bolster the North Melbourne side amidst a wave of angry Tigers. Now, it wouldn't be fair to not mention Noah Cumberland. The young 21-year-old took four tackles and kicked three goals for. Just last week, this young fella was a medical sub. And uh, if this was the NFL, Tommy Boy would have been lynched by now. So <laughs> he should consider himself quite lucky. <laughs> Zerha remains unsigned. Perhaps the North execs are determined to see just how shit of a list they can put together. <laughs> Maybe we'll see Zebel and Goldie cut. Who knows? Fingers crossed the club signs up Big Cameron and fans can breathe a sigh of relief as infamously worst AFL coach of all time, Nathan Bucketful of Holes Buckley, declined any coaching opportunities at North Melbourne. <laughs> Final score, 92 to 88. Nice. Great win. Um, the law of sacked coach bounce back continues to be true. How how bizarre. Mm-hmm. It, it's just a fact. We told you point. plus 44 and a half was too many. <laughs> how many, boys? Too many. <laughs> too many points. Isaac Lee's uh, plus 44 line bettors <laughs> were delighted <laughs> cashing their bet 10 minutes into the first quarter. <laughs> Domination. Uh, well played by the Kangaroos, though. Oh, it was unreal. It was it crazy was, to watch. Hey? It was unreal. Um... At the end of the game, you had uh, they were interviewing Jai Simpkin on the field, mm-hmm. and um, he um, he gave a really heartfelt speech. He was tearing up a bit, and he goes, "You know, this this one's for David Noble, and because mm. <laughs> even to one eighty on myself, I don't think Noble was the best coach. I'll stand by that, but the man was." Barely given even a year and a half exactly. to turn around a gutted list. Uh, it's not enough time for anyone. And so, I have a funny feeling their game plan didn't change in the week between him <laughs> getting sacked and their next game, eh? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No. Yep. My but. elite statistician brain is telling me <laughs> no. no. No, they exactly, did not. Exactly. Um, North Melbourne got the Tigers at the right time, though, after they got softened up by the Suns. <laughs> And dreams crushed, so just perfect. Beautiful to see him go down two Ooh, weeks Yeah, tomorrow. exactly. <laughs> so, Love that. on that, I've got a piece of useless bullshit trivia, all right? <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> Hold your fucking socks, boys, because they're about to fly off with how nuts this shit is. <laughs> Damien Hardwick punching air right there. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Dad, for this nuts statistic. So in July four, July fourteenth, twenty twelve. Oh, I've seen this. Suns yeah. beat Richmond after the siren, win by two points. Pretty sick. July twenty second, which is the the, the next round, mm-hmm. twenty twelve. North beat Richmond by four points the next week. July 9th, twenty twenty two. Suns beat Richmond after the siren, win by two points. July sixteenth, twenty twenty two. North beat Richmond by four points. Simulation confirmed. Yeah. <laughs> Absolute fucking bug in the matrix. Ooh, I've just touched feet with oh. the boys. But yeah, bug in the matrix. Um, you should have taken the should've, red pill, I want to say. Should have put the house on north by four points. Oh. By the sounds of it. Holy shit, you would have made buckets, surely. I don't know what you the would have made apartment of... buildings back. Now, <laughs> joke, jokes aside, the, under the current coach for the Green Bay Packers, Segway much. They've never lost two home games in a row. Mm. Ever. Can't win a finals at home, though. <laughs> I, <laughs> I happened to come across that stat 
being a fellow degenerate <laughs> and looking for anything over the bookies. I put two and a half houses on them to win the next home game and they won. Hmm. How good. There you go. Did it pay out an apartment building or no? It did. Nice. Yep. Why don't you, I, like, I don't know, have more money then? Whether I retained the apartment building in the ah. following hours uh, remains to be seen, but... Well, if you lose the money before you cash out, you don't have to pay tax on it, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> at, at that point, you're just saving money, really, if you never cash out. If you deposit via your credit card, it might be unrealized losses and you can actually claim that back against your tax. <laughs> <laughs> this oh. is not financial advice. <laughs> yeah, we are not financial advisors. We'll have to add that to the disclaimer at the end of the yeah, podcast. Yeah. We're not medical doctors. Um, if I would have to take a stab at the odds, I'm looking at a similar game for this week odds-wise. So, What, the North game again this week? No, no, the Crows game against Sydney. Crows are plus oh, 37 yeah. and a half. So similar, but not quite as high. Yep. Mm. Crows by four, paying $101 to one. So wow. could have had a whole property development for one <laughs> measly house on North Melbourne by four points last week. <laughs> that would have been sick. Would have been ridiculous. Could have bought a fucking suburb at that point. Jesus yeah, Christ. <laughs> um, should we meander on over to Carlton versus Geelong at the G? I think we should. Yes, yeah, sir. All right. We'll, we'll get into the, the um, you know, the Cats had it all early. Um, they got a quick start through a goal from Reese Stanley. Um, Tom Atkins then uh, made it two for the Cats in the uh, first six minutes um, to Carlton zero points. Um, the ball l- locked into Geelong's forward 50 for um, 93% of the game so far. <laughs> I, can't, I can't keep doing that. I said meander and was like, I'm going to keep this as low energy as possible. <laughs> um, all right, sorry. The Blues were uh, unable to muster a single disposal uh, in the forward half up until that point, um, which was six minutes in if you didn't hear me probably because I was um, mumbling and such. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But they did manage to muster up something after that with Charlie Curnow getting his first of the game from a Blues forward half chain. Uh, Besides a goal for Tyson Stengel, the first quarter then dried up for Geelong with Carlton mounting an impressive 10 minutes to end the quarter through uh, three goals with Curnow, Cripps and Motlop hitting the scoreboard. Carlton went into the first break up by three points. And the impressive end to the first quarter set expectations high for the rest of the game uh, for Blues fans. But they didn't bother to come out of the dressing room after the first break. Tom Hawkins locked in the first goal of the quarter for the Cats. uh, But the Blues regained the three-point lead with a goal from Kerno, who then checked out and wasn't seen for the rest of the game at all, uh, finishing on his three goals. Holmes, Hawkins and Cameron kicked one each to put the Cats up by 17 at halftime. George Hewitt kicked the first goal of the second half for the Blues, and after a tough 12 minutes for both sides, uh, the Blues were not able to make the most of having the ball locked inside their forward 50 uh, for the majority of the opening of the half. And the pressure factor, which allegedly is a statistic people count, I don't know. <laughs> it's one of those wild advanced stats, pressure yeah, factor. So It's a great one. Pressure factor, I don't know how they measure it in any way. Because they don't explain it. And I Googled it. It's couldn't tell you. Pressure acts per minute, probably. Yeah, but it can't be because the pressure factor 
was going the way of the Blues, who registered 214 on the pressure factor. More tackles because they had less of the ball. Yeah, but where do you get 214 from? Uh, pressure axe, mate. Yeah. A, a simple step in the right direction to pressure your yep. offensive player. Yeah, yeah, but like... Divided I, by the humidity of the wind direction. Everyone knows. Uh, you got to take you into gotta, account you gotta um, read altitude as well. Yep. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, compared to Geelong's 204. Um, I don't know if 10 is a, is a marginable difference on pressure factor, but according to the timeline really, on AFL.com, it was. Those two sound like elite pressure factors. Yeah, it was it was pretty intense. Um, pressure was building. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but Geelong pushed through against the pressure and eventually the dam burst with Guthrie kicking his first, Holmes finding his second, and JC, no, not Jesus Christ, Jeremy Cameron delivering a godlike goal from the pocket with a balk and snap off his left boot while facing away from the goal uh, to get possibly goal of the year. But a nomination nonetheless. Mr. Secular over here. I wrote JC and then was like, oh yeah, the <laughs> I was just being lazy. And then yeah. I have so, some I have some points that go into pressure rating as well once you're done. Okay, that'd be great. Now uh, the cats went into the final break up by twenty nine and with the knowledge that they have the best fourth quarter differential of any team in the league, hundred and fifty three points four. Uh, which is pretty good. Now, the Blues fought back, though, and kicked two goals for with Tom DeConing and Jack Silvani kicking goals. Um, that makes DeConing the uh, best DeConing brother on the pitch on the day. <laughs> the only one kicking a goal. Uh, but that didn't get him any closer to winning with Geelong kicking 2-5, the Cats winning the quarter by a point and the game by 30, and extending their fourth quarter differential to 154 points. <laughs> Holy smokes. <laughs> um now, I say Tom DeConing was the best out of the two brothers, but not really uh, because the battle of the big forwards went to Geelong with Hawkins and Cameron directing the show, eh? finishing with five goals, 32 disposals, 11 marks, and 20 score involvements between them, while Charlie Kerno and Harry Mackay shared three goals, all of which were Charlie Kerno's. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> 19, 7 and 9 so 19 disposals uh, 7 marks and 9 score involvements which was thanks to Sam DeConing who was in Harry Mackay's pocket for the whole game <laughs> and only let him score a single behind which I think was in the fourth quarter uh, so absolutely immense performance there. <laughs> Rough. You just threw Harry Mackay into like the Wayne Gretzky's brother of stats <laughs> <laughs> as, as the best combined brothers in the NHL history. The fourth Well, Jonas. I was like, if I'm <laughs> taking Jonas. Cameron and Hawkins and combining them, I've got to combine the other two. <laughs> That's <laughs> I thought fair. it was hilarious. Um, but yeah, um, there was. Uh, I didn't mention it during the recap, but Jeremy Cameron got a lot more respect from me this game because of how much action I saw from him off the ball. Mm. Big pressure factor from him. <laughs> <laughs> now, can I have your points on pressure factor, please? Absolutely. So this comes from championdata.com. Oh, they're the, the people... they're the official data people that aren't giving me the stats I want. Correct. Yep. <laughs> um, so pressure factor isn't too far off what I said. <laughs> pressure points per pressure chance measured at team level only. Yep. So break that down. Yep. Uh, pressure points are weighed sum of pressure acts. Physical pressure acts are worth 3.75 points. Closing acts are worth 2.25 points. 
Chasing Axe are worth 1.5 points and Corralling are worth 1.2 points. Hmm. Now, how many how many people do they need to watch the game to be able to count this? Because that sounds awfully intense. Probably. Or do they use those GPS trackers and just, I don't know, select who has the ball at the time and the, then the computer does the work? Maybe. They might do that. I, I would say that could be pretty likely. Um, but given there's... Uh, Many definitions of different pressure acts oh, uh, no. Im- implied, corralling, closing, chasing, and physical. Yeah, that's not really a computer job, is it? That's no. very, very case um, specific. <laughs> and then someone has to measure the pressure chance chances to figure out the rating of pressure acts per chance, which <laughs> is the number of opportunities a team had to apply pressure. <laughs> so I'm going to go with. There was 20-odd people at the MCG on the weekend (laughs) counting all these things just to get the 214 to 204 for the the fourth quarter or whatever the fuck I said. I don't know how you record that with a straight face, (laughs) but I hope they're not being paid. Probably (laughs) bottles of Adderall. Um, Jesus Christ. I can't believe... That's actually very intense. Um, yeah, uh, it's got to be a bunch of people who love numbers. Yeah. Nerd. <laughs> In it for the love of the game. What's that? <laughs> I'm only here for the money. <laughs> right. Can't watch anything unless I'm betting on it. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that's not true. Should we um swan on over to the next game? <sighs> yes. Dockers versus Swans. God. <laughs> <laughs> Send it. <laughs> the The final game of Saturday night was the Battle of the Waterways out west, with the dock <laughs> workers trying to shoo away the pesky swans. The West Australian news outlets will be happy with the start of this match, as the anchormen commandeered the scoreboard first. Rory pulling out his lob wedge to convert around the corner from short distance. Is that a real club? Yeah. I'm only, I'm only aware of the pitching and the sand, so mm. I'm sorry. David pr- proved he can kick goals any day of the week, not just Monday. <laughs> and Bailey Banfield helped blow the Swans off the park, making it three in a row for the Dockers before Joel Amati got the party going for Sydney to reduce the deficit to 14 points at the first break. Like that one, did you? I really like the Monday, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Dockers pulled up anchors and were first away again from the first break. Matt kept tabs on the ball, reading the flight best and marking in front of goal. Tabner opened the goals of the second term. Sydney was hoping Bailey would get kicked off the park. Banfield adding his second goal shortly after to extend the Fremantle lead to 23 points. The Swans finally had the ball flying goalward through Goulden before Lockie Schultz thought the Swans' defence was nothing, kicking his first right in front with nine seconds left in the half. But the Swans weren't done yet getting a free kick from the middle and immediately moving it in the Franklin direction, who marked seconds before the siren. Buddy rolled in and kicked his first of the match, giving the Swans a second wind going into the halftime break and reducing the deficit to 15. Sydney got ex-Papley the start they wanted, coming out of the break with Tom kicking the first goal. The Swans missed a couple of easier opportunities, but Joel Amati whipped out a party trick, slotting his second goal from the pocket. 
Even the footy wanted to be near Chad as much as possible. Warner was everywhere, amassing 11 touches for the quarter and kicking Sydney's third goal. The Swans tied up the Dockers, holding them to only four points for the period, while Sydney kicked themselves into a three-point lead going into the last change. Fremantle turned the ship around quickly in the fourth, Lockie Sergeant Schultz taking command, kicking his second goal to start the quarter and regain the lead, and Michael Waters turning the corner and tied of the game with his snap to extend the lead to nine points. But the Swans weren't scared off yet. Hayward kept the wedge flying from flying wayward, curling his shot from the boundary. As his shot sailed through, a perhaps symbolic ad appeared behind the goal umpire, the West Australian flag, which of course depicts a black swan. (laughs) Sydney swooped in, Isaac getting the finish he needed to regain the lead. Errol made no error from the pocket, and the Swans navigated their way again to goal using Tom Tom. Tom Hickey tapping the ball down to Tom Papley <laughs> in the goal square, reaching the destination of a 16-point Sydney lead. The Dockers continued to hold on with Tabner getting inspiration from the Winter Festival of Football, converting a left-foot volley for his second goal with two minutes remaining, but Dylan Stevens laid the final branch into the Swans' nest at Optus Stadium. Sydney made themselves very comfortable away from home on the banks of the Swan River, with a 17-point victory. Fremantle, 9-11-65. Sydney, 11-16-82. Ooh, ooh. Huge win by the Swans Huge. out west against the uh, supposed flagmantle Dockers. There was a soft, sickly clapping in the Lees household. <laughs> <laughs> Yeehaw! <laughs> nah, how good. Sydney again proves they can beat the teams above them on the ladder, but not the teams below them. (laughs) (laughs) The the gentlemen's club, (laughs) if you will. Frio are falling closer to below them now, with only one one win between them on the points currently. (laughs) I mean, they're not going to play each other anyway, but... Still don't like it. Actually, if they meet in in finals, Sydney better just bottle it up uh, and then... Just come eight. (laughs) Yeah. How to how to win the grand final? <laughs> literally finish eighth, um, which is pretty much locked in by um, shit teams such as Richmond at the moment. Anyway, so I don't know. Maybe Nah, Suns come back. It's on. Don't I'm the next one, aren't I? Sorry, I'm not on the spoilers. outline. I'm on the ladder. Apologies. Yeah, you are on the next one. Uh, we have the Hawks and the Eagles at the MCG. Can I just comment? Uh, Please go nuts. <laughs> I was the, I was only just about to start. That's fine. Sorry, before the um, Carlton Geelong game, credit to the ground staff at the MCG for turning around the paint job in a couple of days after the oh, football after the, was on yeah, in the middle the, of the, the field. Winter festival. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I was like, surely there's not, not a game on tomorrow, and lucky they had like a two day break. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, luckily, like, yeah. I mean, if it was a like a contact sport, I think the ground would be pretty no bueno after after it. But luckily, oh yeah, uh, even yeah. um football, yeah. I mean, it still would have been not as good. But absolutely, yeah. Even the Aston Villa Brisbane Raw game up in Townsville, they were tearing up the Townsville. Field. Yeah, was Ta- it really Townsville, if you will? I thought it was one nil. Was it actually? I thought it was Redcliffe. <laughs> a bit cheeky. <laughs> no, I well, no, it was up in Townsville. Wow. Yeah, I was. But yeah, even even they then. were um tearing up the field. Yeah. Okay. So I was like, good thing there wasn't any yeah, yeah, yeah. rugby league on before the game. Because it would have been yeah, shocking. Been Quite messy. Mm. Is that a football joke? 
based on <laughs> the Argentinian fella? Not, not really. It's a bit of a stretch. Yeah. Okay. Can I just interject well, for a second? Have to award you you a can interject as much one. as you can. What was that? Oh. oh. Might have to award him a Pinaldo for that one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Please uh, interject. I was just being a dick. Are you saying Isaac was a dick? I just had to say... No, he, because he, this next match was at the MCG. I, that's what's... Yeah, there was a lot of games at the MCG over yeah, yeah. a week. Yeah. Uh, is Yeah. Just because of your feigned offence taking. Yeah, now I'm actually offended though. Yeah. So can I move on? Yes. Fucking awesome. Feel free to start. <laughs> Hawks versus Eagles at the MCG. In the chilly and greasy conditions, the pairing of James and James in Hawthorne's backline, that's um, Sicily and the new boy Blank, got a very quick reminder of the scoring danger possessed by West Coast's two big forwards, with Kennedy and Darling kicking one each to give the Eagles a flying start. But Luke Bruce gave West Coast a reminder of just how reliable he is getting his first in retaliation. More to come. <laughs> the goal timeline had three so. Lukes in a row, including the previous Bruce goal, with uh, Shuey kicking uh, one for the Eagles before Bruce got himself another. Luke, Luke, and Luke. Tim Kelly exploded out the back with the ball to get his first and end the quarter with West Coast up by 11 points. Given that this was my shoe in for last week, at this point I was worried. <laughs> but. The stern talking to at quarter time from McAvoy saw the Hawks fly high early in the second with Moore Moore. and Bruce kicking one each and Will having a day of it with two for himself. Kennedy stopped the Eagles from falling and pulled them up into more of a controlled dive, kicking his second. But all the hot air was under the Hawks' wings with Reeves and McDonald getting on the scoreboard. Waterman took a juggling mark, falling down in the pack to get himself a set shot from right in front for his first major. And Liam Ryan got taken high to get himself a free for his first before Luke Bruce once again got in front of goal and put the full stop on the half with his fourth goal of the game. Hawks by 12 at the main break. The scoring dried up pretty early at the start of the third with the only goal in the first 20 minutes going to Jake Waterman who, uh, for his namesake, hadn't dried up. Scream! I was pretty proud of that one. I, I thought, thought that was going to hit a little bit better. Sorry, boys. <laughs> <laughs> Scrimshaw and Shuey traded goals, but Impey burst out of the forward 50 contest to score his first and keep the Eagles at bay with a 14-point margin. Luke Bruce was as certain as death and taxes against the Eagles. He kicked his fifth to open the fourth quarter. Jamie Cripps uh, just squeaked in his set shot to get the margin back to 14 shortly after. The clock struck six as Big Ben McAvoy got free in front of goal and snuck in his first. Darling kicked one back for the Eagles before he set up Waterman with a set shot to reduce the margin to 11 with eight minutes left on the clock. But the Hawks flew higher to finish the game with a volley from McDonald extending their lead and Luke Bruce to putting the finishing touches on the win with his sixth goal in the final minute of the game. Tied, career best. Couldn't find which game was his other game. So... (laughs) Another, another, another absolute mare on the statistics. <laughs> um, I didn't put down the final score, but Hawthorne won. Um, my shoe in of the week, absolutely crushing it. Uh, Safely final secured. score like t- hundred and two to seventy-seven. Yeah, thank you. Uh, I was rushing through this um, at the end there because it was five o'clock, and I said I was going to leave home just after five. So <laughs> apologies. Uh. 
Now, there's no additional points or anything that we've agreed on. You simply pick the shoe in of the week, lock of the week. Uh, Except Ke- for not against I was North Melbourne. Keelan, I believe, definitely took the biggest lock. Uh, it was a pick'em. Mm. I remember at the time of you recording your shoe in. Uh, I believe the odds were set at a dollar ninety. Either oh, as in, oh no, it wasn't. No, I don't that think, was a Gold Coast. It game. wasn't even no. Ah, uh, Hawthorne were like a dollar. Hawthorne was favorites. Hawthorne were pretty good favourites. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but just I'll come back to nothing additional with shoe in later because I've got an idea for what might make a tiebreaker situation. Okay. Um, but I've got that down after the round. Yeah. Uh, because I've got some quick stats. Fire them off. <laughs> Well, Matt doesn't put any in, so someone else has got to put in too many. <laughs> um, now, I was really impressed with Josh Ward this game, who is a mere 18 years of age. He got a game-high, career-best, 34 disposals with six clearances. He also had eight score involvements, the third most on the ground, uh, and he's continued to show he's probably going to be a star in the future. Fingers crossed uh, he stays and continues to develop. On the giant you can watch, he performed pretty well himself with 28 disposals and four tackles. Love him. Well, wish I could wish I got the pressure points for him because it probably would have been 300 million and a half or something. Uh, and for West Coast, Tom Barras was pretty good uh, with numerous courageous defensive efforts, um, stopping the score from blowing out too much. Uh, he had 30 touches, 18 marks, and 11 intercepts uh, and Huge. stopped Mitch Lewis from scoring a goal. Yeah. Which is pretty immense. Um, on the defense on the other end, I really enjoy the Sicily confidence on the torpedo out from back. Oh, I love it. It's too good. It's Happened so good. multiple times this game. Yeah. and Just lets them rip. The commentators com- uh, commented that because uh, I hadn't noticed it before, but like how how much the team sets up knowing he will happily do that because mm. Bruce and Mitchell will sit center square and just center wait for circle just about, yeah, yeah just like dead center wait for him to just reef them out to him it's <laughs> it's too good um, and somehow they always get the mark it's like the defenders are just like nah that's not coming here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, there's yeah. no way he hits that. And then he hits the perfect torp. And you're like, ooh. Shout out to the man who can't kick a set shot to goal, but can kick a torp yeah. 60, 60 per- meters. Perfectly every time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Too good. <laughs> it always seems to be that way. Yeah. Ben what? Ainsworth, for example. Mm. Mm. Excellent infield kicking. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Say hi, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> Over to Melbourne, Port Adelaide, I believe. Correct. Now, um, I thought I was inspired to write this recap from the perspective of... A World War II veteran. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. But no. Sorry. The, no, <laughs> g- given it was in Alice Springs, it's going to be about the Emu Wars, mate. Oh, sorry, yeah. <laughs> the great Brian Taylor. Oh, my God. Oh, Lordy. Uh, Melbourne can't seem to do anything right. Port proved that they're in the top eight, kicking the first major to take the lead to 7-3. First break, and the Ds are down bad. Goalless with four behinds. Stick a fork in them. This game's over. What can Melbourne look to improve next week to spare embarrassment from this dismal loss? 
We're off here in the second. Dixon's won the bounce, but the ball finds its way to Melbourne's 50. Brown takes a hit. He's calling for it, but Pickett's going it solo. He bends it round. Surely, surely, surely it is. Pickett kicks a goal. Maybe this will get him out of a slump. With minutes left and a point in it, this game is tighter than a Vietnamese. <clears throat> Sorry, been warned we're not allowed to say that anymore. It's a tight game. Whoever scores the next goal will be in the lead. The other team will not be. Port pull out in front here with more goals converted than their opponents. But Ben Brown is determined to change that as he lines up inside 50. Melbourne have the lead. The final quarter is going to really show which team wins and which team loses. <laughs> Generally, yeah, the end of the game does show that most <laughs> of the time. There's a mess at the center. Balls flying all over the shop. Look out. Cozzy's got it from 52. It can't be. It can't be. It can't be. It is. Cozzy with a bomb from outside 50. There you have it, ladies and gents. Melbourne winners, Adelaide, could not convert more goals. Boy. <laughs> oh, boy. Melbourne win 83-69. to 69. Nice. Nice. <laughs> Wowee. Sheesh. As he would say. Because <laughs> I pick it just quietly kick six goals one in the match. Immense. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So that's the... Th- Third goal scorer this week to kick six. Bruce, North, Fella, and Pickett. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine the multi on that. Wow. We would have been pretty huge. Yeah. <laughs> now, surely Pickett had a little bit of ancestral help <laughs> given where the game was being played. <laughs> I think it uh, might have been subconsciously motivating, perhaps, to be out in the community putting yep. on a show. Yeah. Absolutely. Probably would have been good. Yep. But you love to see it. Yeah, he, he was just about the only thing going right for Melbourne. Yeah. To be perfectly honest. Um, but credit to them. Uh, Full credit to the boys. Yeah, that almost stamps out Port Adelaide's season as well. I have to go five from five to even sniff finals. It's a tall Sakakoshi. Love that. Sakakoshi. <laughs> you love to see it. You love to say it. Although they... Okay, I won't... Sp- okay. Ooh. I was going to say something about points, Spoilers. but it's a spoiler, so I won't. Um, so, based Just on those results, re- you, Matty picked the Lions as his shoe-in, I believe. I did. Yeah, the sorry, hole, I, I missed up. that. That's a, big, that's a big green, two greens this week. One yet to come. Who knows what happens? Yeah, exactly. Could be anything. Yep. All right, let's get into it. Um, first of all, huge shout-out to the AFL FX team for their opening bounce sound and graphics. I don't know if... Anyone's every game, seen yeah. This. Does it happen every game? The <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the, the ripple. Yeah, yeah. The I ripple. don't like it. It's I've a bit American. No idea what you're talking about. It it might get old pretty quick, but basically... Oh, it does. As the <laughs> umpire bounces the ball for the first bounce, they like play like a boom and then put like a ripple out across the field in a circle. And it looks kind of sick. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of cool to start. I'm glad they don't do it like every... It's, it's like bounce. the... Yeah, I think it, I think it depends on what infrastructure they have at the ground. So yeah, this game was yeah. at Marvel? It was, yes. At Marvel. Marvel's got yep. the worst, most American shit ever, which makes sense because it's Marvel. Marvel. Yeah. Indoor stadium. That's yeah. the American um, thing. But they also do that goal flashy bullshit. 
They do that at a lot of stadiums now. Yeah, I don't, I don't like it. Just I'm fuck off. Earlier in the season, I thought it was only Collingwood. Yeah. And I retract yeah. that statement. It's the AFL. Leave the lights on. <laughs> what if what if you're walking down the stairs while, while the lights are flashing? Yeah, exactly. Oh, you're fucked. Game. You've got two trays of beers and you drop <laughs> 80 bucks gone right there. Oh, it's a win-win for the AFL. <laughs> Wait, what do you mean, what do you mean 80 bucks? <laughs> Not if you get the crafties. They're like 12 each, oh, aren't yeah, they? Exactly. Yeah, you're fucked at that point. Now, yeah, you're right. they got to make that make back that billion-dollar loan <laughs> that they got against Marvel Stadium, so they'll just put into darkness every so often pretty so everyone sure, drops their beers. Pretty sure that's why the pies are cold, because they can't afford to turn on the ovens. <laughs> <laughs> that's why the lights aren't on half the time. <laughs> you're just saving power. Isn't it that bullshit where if you turn on a light, though... Uh, uses more energy than having it on for a certain amount. So maybe we should do the math based on average goals scored at Marvel Stadium. Yeah, maybe if we it could uses get... more energy to turn them on and off for all mm. those goals than just leaving them on. Maybe we should get Champion Data to look into that one, along with their pressure axe, <laughs> lighting axe. I'm sure they'll come up with some bullshit <laughs> equation for figuring it out that has no relevance. Yeah, um, exactly. And requires 40 blokes a game to sit, <laughs> sit at their computers and run up the power bill anyway. <laughs> now, going off visual enhancement. How good would it be to put on 3D glasses no. and watch the AFL? I'd have to wear two pairs of glasses in my living room and I don't particularly want to do that. Sitting there, Duke Nukem running right at you. <laughs> oh my God. That happens in my dreams quite a lot actually. <laughs> but normally it's through like fields of sunflowers or wheat or whatever they do in movies. I can see it would be a blessing and a curse. You've mm. got Chad Wingard right there in front of you. Mm. Wonderful. But... You'd also have Tom Hawkins takes the mark, turns, oh. and you got to see his face right there. <laughs> his creepy, soulless eyes. <laughs> well, you got big Oscar McInerney from Brisbane lumbering towards you. Oh, no, that's scary. <laughs> Levi Caspol, he's coming right at me. No! <laughs> <laughs> oh, imagine being in the middle of a, of a John Newcomb, um, Levi Caspol. Sandwich. Uh, sandwich. Oh, no. Be like Thanos snapping his. Head. <laughs> <laughs> like only a third of the population dies in that case. It's and like it's you slamming two particles into each other. <laughs> <laughs> we did say science would be available on this podcast. <laughs> Facts in it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, sick. Yeah, sorry. You can start now. Yeah, excellent. Uh, Sunday afternoon to close the round, the Bombers hosted the Suns at their super b- stadium, Marvel. Yeah, we, we covered that. <laughs> <laughs> and we're hoping to shoot down the Gold Coast on their way, <laughs> on their way to a maiden voyage to the finals. <laughs> the Suns almost blazed away early, but Troll couldn't convert his opportunity. But it was the Bombers who turned on the afterburners. Nick Martin opening the scoring after a gift 50 for landing with the mark, then his momentum carrying him into Sean Lemons. Suck it up, I say. If that was paid every game, there'd be a lot of sour fans out there. <laughs> I like all these last names, Lemons. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> the scorcher encircled and fired in three more goals in rapid succession, capped off by Peter, who sent a couple right through the big sticks. The Suns got back into the Bombers' visors, with Troll strolling in to kick Golko's first goal. Like an unwanted pizza topping, Troll and Casbolt, or Chovy for short, ensured the Suns remained lingering in the Bombers' mouth at the first break, kicking two goals each and reducing the margin to three points. Oh, that's so good. 
into the second quarter and Harris and Indiana Jones sent a not-so-lost arc through the middle to open the scoring. Andrew Phillips had the Bombers fans electrified with Stringer putting the Suns on the ropes. The only shining light of the quarter for the Suns was Sam Day kicking their only goal. And Sam Draper hung his name on the score sheet with Stringer putting the Suns into a bind going into the halftime break, Essendon leading by 30 points. A quiet third quarter on the Majors' front was opened by Stringer, kicking true to the tune of three goals. The only other goal kicked was Harrison Jones for the Bombers, Essendon dominating in possession and territory, kicking 2-6 to the Suns, 0-2. Essendon holding a 46-point lead at the last break. Into the fourth quarter, and the Suns were going to need some more of those heroics we'd seen in recent arm wrestles to produce another comeback for the ages. The scoring did open up again in the last quarter. Jack Lukosius Malfoy, hoping he could get the Suns slithering back into the match. <laughs> Sam Day keeping the lights on the Gold Coast Finals dreams, but Draper quickly hung up Gold Coast hopes. Putting up his own goal of the year nomination with a run from the centre bounce, a 1-2 and the goal after running about halfway through the forward 50 with the ball, but you won't have read that part in the papers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Isaac added his first goal, hoping to boost the Suns' percentage a little bit so they wouldn't fall too far down the rankings. But the game was capped off by Stringer, by Jake stringing up the Suns' finals hopes with his fourth goal, Bomber shooting down the Suns, and Essendon winning by 48 points. 14-19-103 to 8-7-57. A huge shout-out to the guys who um, have assembled the Bombers list for picking people with excellent last names for Isaac to throw in. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Great. Great team to to write off. Mm. Um, High key, the umpires were atrocious going both ways in this match. They were just bad all around. Just truly terrible. Hate to say it. Uh, Twitter was aflame with complaints from both fan bases. Um, People were saying... The umpire group should be dropped to the VFL for the weekend. People being me. Liked by the Storm in the Beach Twitter. Hey! <laughs> so at least... At least uh, a collective himself up! A collective of two thoughts. <laughs> Agreed. Uh, um, but yeah, it, it was truly bad umpiring. It was just terrible. Um I'll say it, I saw this loss unfolding in front of my eyes over the last two rounds against Collingwood and Richmond. It was just a miracle that the Suns got back into those matches and Mm. won one of them. Um, But they've sort of fallen into the old way of how they used to play, which was bombing the ball out of their defensive 50, it being turned over and kicked straight back in with no shape. Um, The Bombers just picking it off over and over again, sending it straight back. And I was uh, just frustrating to watch. Painful. Um, The Suns only scored goals when they moved the ball quickly through the middle of the field. But too often they were like trying to hold it up and then pick out an easier option rather than like taking the game on for fear of a turnover and more points going the other way. Yeah. And so just... Go. Who cares? So you got you got the boys in the middle to, to be able to make the most of the corridor. So. That's it. Exactly. Um, whereas earlier in the season, the Suns would just rush the ball up. They were one of the top teams in forward 50 possession time sort of thing. They'd just get it up through the middle quick, bomb it into the 50, set up behind the ball and lock it in. Do like the exact opposite of what the other teams are doing. And now they're trying to do that, but from like the defensive end of the ground, which just doesn't work because they've no. got no forward options to go to. Yeah. Um, 
And now they'll need a perfect five from five with particularly difficult matchups against the Lions this week at the Gabatois and Geelong at the Solarium in the coming weeks wow. to possibly make finals, barring some miracle of other teams dropping games. So, going to be tough. I mean, Richmond play, play Frio this week as well. So That's true. So, they could drop a game. That's true. Port play Geelong. Port's difficult game for them pretty too. Pretty much done as well. Um, given that they're on equal points, mm-hmm. um, they they need to be done. Um, yeah, look, the key ones are going to no be. No one says it's going to be easy. No, but, exactly. Uh, it could happen. Could still happen. It's still possible. It's going to well, be difficult though. Bulldogs have a tough. They have Melbourne matchup. They have Melbourne, Geelong, Fremantle, and then Giants. Ooh. Uh, St Kilda can win and lose games as you like. <laughs> Yeah, although they went with your tip this week, which is a bit bullshit, I think, didn't they? Pretty sure you got them and I didn't. Um, Yes. F- fuck you, St. Kilda. That's why you're on the shit list. Now, <laughs> uh, back to the shoe-in. So, your shoe-in was Gold Coast? It was. So, unfortunately, you've missed that. Yep. Um, I took a punt on the pick'em. That's ballsy. Yeah. Yeah. Now, as an idea for a tiebreaker... I thought maybe for the wins, we put down the margin that they had won by. Ooh. Uh, not for all the games because it's, it's more math, but just for, just for the wins, we, we put down the margin. So in this case, Maddie's would be something and mine would be something else. Um, I didn't get the maths up yet. Probably what? Four and 25? Was that game four, was it? Um, four and twenty-five. Brisbane won by. Oh, sorry, not Brisbane. Forty. Yeah, forty. Yeah. Yep. Sorry, I was thinking of the other games. So that would put Matt currently in the lead for show in. Yep. Nice. Yeah, I don't uh, mind that. Was it twenty-five? Actually, is that what you... the Hawks? Yeah, yeah, twenty-five. Yeah, cool. Um, I don't want to have to do extra math, so I won't put in the negatives. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I think that should hopefully give us a tiebreaker at the end of the season. Yeah. Pretty Pretty so we that. do have winners and losers clear. Mm-hmm. One and only three. one person to do a shoey. Yep. Hopefully. Fair enough. <laughs> Unless we draw bottom, in which case we probably deserve to do a shoey at that point. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> um, now this week's tips, I suppose. All right, let me move over to my tipping app. I yeah, same. We're all up for some form of punishment for bottling. Or have you put in your NRL or tips? I did. tip for tonight? Okay. Yeah. Just checking you've got... F- Three minutes, so Ooh. timely. Oh, just quietly. I am currently first in the NRL. Nice. Um, Who'd you tip tonight? Parramatta. Yeah, same. Yeah. Uh, I tip with the odds on NRL most of the time. As Interesting. In like 99% of the time, I tip the correct thing and turns out it's evened out reasonably well for me. So this is how gambling brain... Is degenerate, degenerative to tipping brain. Yeah. Just pick the favourites because they're favourites for a reason. Don't get confused with stuff. Hence why I'm second last in the NRL and only because Harry doesn't put his tips in. Poor fella. Yeah. He's not getting anywhere. Now, good luck picking the favourite in this game given that it's a dollar ninety either way. Richmond Frio. Tomorrow night at Marvel. Uh, Fremantle. I've got a new rule. Bet Fremantle 
under the roof at Marvel. Best dry weather footy team in the comp. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll take workers. that. I'll take that. But yeah. I think it'll be close. I think it'll be close. Yeah, I've put nine points at the margin. Um, now in <laughs> what did you call this game? Sorry, the storm a storm in the beach, Darmy. Derby, the tussle for Tasmania, yep. Ruse v Hawks at Blundstone <laughs> Arena. That is that is an Isaac Lee's original. That's Sorry for brilliant. delivering it, but that is uh, Hawthorne to win. But I think it'll be a much more interesting game than it would have been at the start of the season. Oh, absolutely! This will be this will be a great game to watch. I yeah. reckon. I oh, think North Hawthorne have a chance. Mm. North have a chance because it's in Hobart. Definitely, mm. they usually play decent down there. Except but, for that one week where they didn't. Yeah, except for her. But so do the Hawks. <laughs> That's so true. this could go to the Hawks. Jai Newcomb or Jai Sim- Simkin? Ooh. Ooh. Um, I mean, I'd, I'd take Newcomb. He's quite big. Yeah. Mm. He's very immense. <laughs> in, in before some um, newspaper steals my tussle for Tasmania. Probably the Mercury in Hobart, I reckon. Bloody dog! Uh, still my headline. It'll be like top of the front page, top but, of the back page where the sport is. Like Amy, the real front page. Yeah, yeah. Like Amy Schumer, they'll take it, but make it much worse somehow. <laughs> <laughs> Which one's Amy Schumer? Is she the comedian or is she the singer? alleged comedian? Yeah, okay. the the person who says jokes but doesn't write them herself. Oh, really? <laughs> That's cheating. At least we all write our own jokes. Exactly. Until They'll someone p- finally pays for that extensive coverage of the on the Patreon, the $10,000 one, where you get to write the whole podcast. <laughs> That's right. We get paid and have to do nothing except deliver your jokes for a week. They'll probably make it like the, the Tangle of Tasmania or something. Yeah. No, that's yeah. way shitter. Yeah. <laughs> the Tasmanian Tango. Yeah. <laughs> oh. It know. does take two to tango, and there will be two teams playing. So, <laughs> <I don't laughs> North Melbourne. I don't know who are you picking, Isaac. Uh, Hawthorne. Yeah, cool, sweet. Uh, now Sydney, Adelaide, SCG, SCG. Yeah, Sydney, Sydney. Yeah, surely, casually. Uh, I think Geelong are quite rude on on the odds for this. I think Geelong thrash Port. Even though it's a port game, yeah. I think so too. Those are some juicy odds, tasty odds. Dollar fifty-eight for anyone wondering at home. Dollar sixty on ports bet port, ports points. <laughs> ports bet ports Adelaide's bets dot com If you click on anything on that website, if it's actually real, um, I'm not at fault. I prom- I, please don't go to that website. Um, we are not liable. Yeah. When? Yeah. All right. Uh, Q clash at the Gabatoire. I would love to see the Suns win this. Yeah, me too, but the lines are going to be too good, I reckon. The Suns will turn up because they've been pretty much crap the past three weeks. Mm, I, or four weeks, if you will. I think it's a happy so. a happy tip Brisbane because they're the odds. Yeah. And if the Suns win, I'll be happy. Yeah, to win-win. Yeah. yeah. Mm. So, I'm fine with that. Smart play. I'm switched on this evening. Uh, Western Bulldogs... Melbourne Demons at Marvel. Dollar sixty for Melbourne. Mm. Yeah, but it is undercover with it. The dogs are quite good, with uh, no outside elements affecting their mm. game. Or the Saints are really bad. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm going to take Melbourne. I think I'm going to take Melbourne. Too, Juicy odds honest. might even pair that up with um 
Geelong Cats Ooh. for a tasty little double. Can't wait for one of them to let you down. Maybe uh, the sun's long. It's always going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> no, the sun's always get blown out by the lines. <laughs> I'm, I'm worried that I may start drowning in this room with how much you two are salivating. <laughs> it's free money, isn't it? <laughs> I guess so. That's a lock. Gamble responsibly. <laughs> Carlton to beat GWS. Sensible. Super Sunday at Marvel. Yep. Carlton. Yeah, surely. I think so. Um, I think Collingwood beat Essendon as well. Me I, too. The odds are way too juicy in this as well. $1.70 for, for the because pies. I think Essendon have been in good form, but... There's like a five-game multi stacking up on odds that are just that seem a little bit too juicy for mm. the favourite. This is the one the pies lose. Probably. Probably. This is this is the, the leg of the multi that fails. Yep. But I don't Sam Draper's not gonna have as easy of a time. What's that? Because Mason Cox has got his goals, <laughs> mate. <laughs> <laughs> Although that that being said, Sam Draper wouldn't really have had an easy time last week. I didn't watch the game, but I mean Yeah, uh, he didn't he didn't do too great against the best um Hitouts to advantage yeah. Ruckman in the competition in Gary Witts. Goal of the year nomination. Yeah, after running 30 <laughs> metres with the ball. Year. No one saw that, though. What's a bounce? What's a bounce? Oh, everyone saw it. Just everyone because, chose to ignore it because it, it was titled, through the goals. Because it was titled Goal of the Year nomination. Yeah, yeah, they exactly. didn't go. They were looking oh, at the goal. Refereeing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, quietly, I think St. Kilda lose this one against West Coast, by the way, at Optus. Where is it? Optus. Oh, what's uh, oh. oh. Could be a bit of line action here, boys. I'm putting... I'm locking West Coast now. Just going to put that there. Oh, no. As you sure? No, sorry. No, not as sure. <laughs> no. No, no, no. Fuck, no. <laughs> I'm confident, but I'm not that confident. Fucking chill out. Um, Shuin's tough this week, eh? It is. Uh, I might actually back the Eagles as well, just quietly. And plus 19 and a half. That's over three goals. On the line. Yeah. Sprinkle a bit of that action. Maybe even a, a pinch of head-to-head at $3.15 on the Eagles. Saucy. Pretty good. All right. Um, uh, shoe-ins, boys. Well, I'd like to pick Hawthorne, but can't pick the opponent of North, given given that rule was Established made, rule, established yeah. Established rule. But that being said, um, that game is going to be closer than it should be. I'm going to pick Sydney, I think. Oh, okay. Who are you picking, Matty? Yeah. I know I shouldn't, but I want to pick North Melbourne. Interesting. I mean, there's no rule against it. There isn't any rule. Uh, you have three seconds to to lock that in. Cause I'm going to type it in. I lock it in. Yep. North Melbourne. Uh, Sydney also jumped yeah. out at me, so I was worried Matt was going to pick Sydney. No. If if so, I was jumping to something else because we know how that ends up. <laughs> <laughs> We may as well. I'm pretty confident in Sydney. I'm just going to colour them green now. No, not really. Uh, that seems like no, he's just seems like it. bad luck at that point. <laughs> you asshole. mushed it. <laughs> uh, all right. Shall we bag some snags? Uh, yep. So we got we got two boys on Sydney. Yes. Yeah, two boys on Sydney and one two units on Sydney could be the big upset <laughs> of the season. <laughs> Look, I don't think so. All right. Uh, Given that I put it in for sure, and I really don't think so, yeah. Off to the deli, returning snag baggers. 
Um, oh, so we're not just talking butcher sausages. We're talking like <laughs> cured meats at this point. Exactly. If we're going to the deli, we could, give, we could give them a, a pre-roll and a mid-roll ad <laughs> for butcher sponsorship here. The returning snack, oh, the returning suppressor baggers. <laughs> Shout out to Manola's Brothers Deli and their delicious Italian sausage. Um, so, quick recap uh, of our round eighteen picks: we had Buku Kamas from the Bulldogs. Unfortunately, he was shifted into halfback and played really well down there. He had one opportunity in front of goal and sprayed it wide, so zero goals, one. Uh, Shane McAdam from the Crows, 1-1. Dan McStay from the Lions, 2-1. Jamie Cripps from the Eagles, 1-1. Sam Wiedemann for the Demons didn't play. Alec Waterman for the Bombers didn't play. And Isaac Rankin for the Suns kicked 1-1. So what's that? Four out of five that played kick goals. Three... Five goals, four. Uh, five goals, five, I guess. So, not amazing, not terrible. Uh, round 19 picks, Jack Gunston's coming back in. Maddie's, Maddie's rustling a packet of chocolate over was, here. Oh, did you watch any of that? No, it I couldn't see it. It was painful to watch. He was trying to be so quiet, but he was just <laughs> rustling the bag away. so much. If you heard Damn it, it's because his microphone was basically next to the <laughs> fucking inside packet the chocolate as well. Packet. Yeah. <laughs> Did you at least break him up? I got, I got scared. Can you pass <laughs> me the packet so I can read the info? Uh, yep, Jack Gunston for the Hawks, Dane Zorko for the Lions, Aaron Norton for the Bulldogs, and Alec Waterman again if he plays for the Bombers. Those are my four picks. So, quick fire, cheeky, easy four picks this week. Nice and simple. Thoughts on the chocolate? It uh, doesn't say how many pieces is in a serving, and I don't particularly want to go get your scales out, so it's going to have to be a no from me. Fair enough. <sighs> oh, actually, Ooh. how many roses in there? What is it? Peanut and caramel. It's pretty tasty. It's Ooh, not bad. Okay, there's six rows. I could have a row. Audi Low Key has very good chocolate. Oh, the It's European. What's it called? Mozzarella. Mm. Dark with the salted caramel bits yep. in it is very good. Very good. Now, um, whilst Nick Clarkey technically wasn't out last week, he didn't do much and went out injured quite early. Mm. Would you consider him a returning bag snagger? Perhaps. No. 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 Because no. he's still he, got some. You game have time. to leave in order to return. I see. Mm. He's not spent any time away from the team. That's fair. Yeah. Well, I'm assuming he spent some time away from the team, perhaps during the week. Um, he may have slept at his own house. Eat, sleep, footy, repeat <laughs> at the clubhouse. Yep, fair enough. Yeah. Uh, Affle News. What do you reckon, boys? Get into it? Yeah, we don't have a name for this. Um, no, we don't. Um, maybe a jingle? Do we have a tune? Oh, we did. We did the ABC News one, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. Is what I was feeling then, which isn't the ABC News theme. It's the nine wide world of sports, nine world of sports cricket. cricket theme. Um, same, same thing. Which, which I prefer. Um, so yeah. we're going to go with that. Yeah, I like it. Uh, the probably the biggest piece of news this weekend: uh, high tackles. I would think out of the footy, uh, the Jack Ginnivan rule, perhaps. <laughs> Maybe. Or the Cody Waitman rule? Mm-hmm. It's definitely not the Joel Selwood rule because they didn't change it for him. I'll t- oh, 
But I, one of my games had a fucking Maya check got high contact against him. <laughs> it's not made for him, even though he got that. But yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. But if it walks like a duck, yep, quacks like a duck, yep. What do we reckon it is? A duck. <laughs> Probably a duck. I um, think so. You covered the Collingwood game, Keelan. Correct. Thoughts on the officiating? I don't think he got a f- free in front, did he? I think he got his goal from... His, uh, no, he I got, think he did he, he got get paid mark. one free kick. Yeah, but wasn't a big impact uh, on the free count, I don't think. No, but they um, definitely... I think they've dialed it back. They've dialed it back. They've definitely not paid some that he was paid in previous weeks. Yeah, 100%. But that's not unlike the AFL to change your interpretation of the rules mid-season. They've done it before. Um, it's but, almost like they they see a lot of outrage. And respond to it and in respond, the media. And respond um, to it. Mid-season, mm. which is... Kind of not great for the viewing of it. No. Given but, that the... Yeah, I, f- I feel like you should just go off the rule book and then change the rule book at the end of the season. Yeah, exactly. But I think the difference is it's not changing of a rule, it's just changing of the umpire's interpretation and application of the rules. I dislike that it's up to interpretation. Yeah. Mm. Unfortunately, we're all human. Yeah. But that being said, I think what they've changed it to is probably more correct in the way they officiate Mm. it. I think you should officiate the game based on actions, not outcomes. Mm. So... That's a, a key example actually, was yeah. this uh, was Nick Holman from the Gold Coast who's an avid forward tackler mm-hmm. chased down a Geelong player down in Geelong rolled him perfectly side on both of them were going full speed forward Nick got him from behind but got him you know sideways as you do grabbed him slammed him down was awarded a free kick for holding the ball mm-hmm. perfect textbook tackle if you will unfortunately the Geelong player hit his head and was knocked out Ah. as the outcome it was then reversed because of that to put Nick Holman on report and a free kick to Geelong for a dangerous tackle Uh, even though it was technically textbook as a sling because he came down sideways exactly as a dangerous tackle Mm. but it was thrown out from the tribunal immediately because it was officiated on the outcome rather than the action Mm. and that being said I think the high tackle thing should be the same if you Go in, compete for the ball, and you brace yourself shoulder on shoulder, hip on hip, whatever, and someone catches you high, and you don't change your elevation up and back down or down and up into arms deliberately, I think that should be a free kick. Mm. Like if they've tackled you in a way that is unsafe or made contact yep. with and you in an unsafe you, way. You've been at that level. Exactly. Yeah. But if you are at that level. clearly swoop down, stand upright, drop a knee as is popular and Selwood has been doing for a long time. Mm. And then the tackle hits you shoulder chest area and slides up from there because you've because dropped into you're, it. You're going, you're going down yeah. after swooping down, picking up the ball and then going back down, which is an unnatural movement to avoid a tackle. Mm. Um, I don't think that should be a high tackle free kick. Some I, people I would argue with me, but... It should be holding the ball. It should be holding the ball. But... It's not the natural the natural way to avoid a tackle. If you were going to duck a tackle, you'd put your head right down under so they slip over your back rather yeah. than yeah. going down, throwing your head back. Or because Jack Ginnivan's like, been flagged so much, he lifts up the arm 
that yeah. they are approaching from mm. to even further flick the arm of the tackler up into his head. Uh, if that arm's free, maybe it should be handling the ball. Which doesn't make any sense because at that point, he's tr- he's the one initiating the high contact. Exactly, right? exactly. So, yeah. so the action... At that point, though, he should be right? penalised for holding the Even ball. Even though it's his concussion that he's going to end up with. Well, players have a duty of care to themselves to not put them in a dangerous situation. Yeah, that's it. Uh, no, I think that makes sense. Mm. Um, I think... There's still obviously it can come down to it, it all does happen so quickly though. Oh, it's definitely, it's split second stuff. For sure. But I think just having that mindset of, for most things, it's the what was the two words you used? Um, something versus outcome, like intent, like action, action versus, versus outcome. the actual yeah, outcome. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So it should be the the action, mm-hmm. and I, I I I much prefer that yeah. way of thinking. It's a bit like it. the seatbelt tackle if you'll call it that from rugby league where someone sort of comes up behind or beside someone their shoulder wraps over Mm. like a seatbelt so you know initially the contact's probably shoulder height but their arm comes down if it then slips up to where you know the top of their arm is around their head it's not a high tackle because the initial contact was in a legal position rather than being contact immediately to the head yeah okay Similar to that, but like, yeah, like the 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 issue with the high contact is the initial impact. Anyway, exactly, not the, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and okay. I think what the AFL is trying to do is similar to what the NBA did last season or the season before, mm. where the NBA has you know uh, a natural basketball motion or a natural shooting motion. You can't just be you know faking shots and then jumping into people getting fouls anymore. They took that away yeah. because it was stupid. Mm. You know, the uh, M- the-, the NBA really did suffer this season though. Same thing of mm. uh, officials paying the player reaction rather than the incident. Mm. Yep. And um, Jay Crowder in the for the Suns throughout their whole postseason run, like sure maybe he would take a hit or something, but he'd flop to the ground mm. and, like he'd been shot, and they were paying sort that. of his performance rather than what actually happened. Mm. Yep. Exactly. A little bit frustrating. Mm. Although. Just to keep down the keep going down the basketball rabbit hole, mm. <laughs> uh, in in the finals when Marcus oh, Smart, no, not Marcus Smart. Steph was shooting from quite deep, and then oh, the big older guy that plays for Celtic, Al Horford, maybe Al Horford, yeah, surely, kind of encroached on him mm. and got his foot under him, even though it didn't end up in a yep foul mm. uh, in, in his in Curry's foot landing on his foot they mm. still fouled him for it because mm. it could have quite easily ended up with a broken ankle yeah, so that's like exactly. the complete Brain opposite injury. of yep. that too so it's like they don't have a consistent mindset of what should, what, what what is being mm. ruled exactly yeah which is odd so it's probably going to be talked about for a few weeks to come in the AFL oh, about the sure. interpretation of the rules definitely it definitely should be yeah I mean even like for example when you're watching the, I believe it's probably the Fox Sports coverage, you mm-hmm. probably get it on KO. Yep, yep, yep. When it's the old boys, Rewalt and uh, Johnny, John O'Brown, yep. especially, they they don't want to have a bar of it with Ginevan. Mm. Like, well, because they're both huge and can't duck a tackle. Cause sure, they sure, just, sure. They just wore them their whole career into what yeah. Jonathan, Jonathan Brown's sure, sure, face sure. got reconstructed. Bun- <laughs> Bunch of factors, but um, what I'm trying to get at more is like, they're a little bit less professional 
a little bit more unfiltered, being yes. ex-players. Yeah, yeah. And um, and yeah, they they don't want to have a bar of it because they're going. Yeah, Ginevan should rightfully be penalised mm. because it's not exciting football. No, it, they if don't want the game to be turned into soccer, for example. You can't mm. encourage the player to do an unnatural motion, which should be holding the ball. Exactly, especially if you've got an arm free. Be rewarded for to throw it. up. Yeah. yeah. Yep. No, definitely. Just thought I'd put my two cents into it. I think it needs to be officiated better yep. either way. It's just not consistent, but... Yeah. It's the interpretation thing and the speed of the game, unfortunately. Oh, for sure. Makes it tough. Um, we've got Nick Dacos, rising star. Yeah, so oh, this good. is... Confirmed. Sports bet already paid out on that. This is, yeah, this is a mixture of a couple of things. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, Dan tagged us in that thing earlier in the year from... Uh, sorry, earlier in the week from AFL.com, mm-hmm. which I guess is technically earlier in the year, so I don't know why I corrected myself. Um, <laughs> You're not wrong. I am well, factually accurate here. I don't know why you're booing me. Um, which was uh, allegedly the first time in 30 years someone could be the All-Australian and Rising Star or something. Um, that's the cliff notes. I don't think Rising Star was a thing back then. Who was the last guy to do it? Was it Gablet I, I, Senior? I don't, I, don't, I don't think it was even a thing. I probably wasn't so a thing, yeah. this is... I think he's. I think he's just saying it's like a first in thirty year um, history of the rising star, maybe. Ah, Copeland Trophy, perhaps. Hmm. Um, but basically, yeah, I think I think it it would be actually quite well deserved if he got on as oh absolutely uh, on, on on the team. He's had a pretty um, ridiculous season so far. Yeah. Yep. Um. Not even just as a youngster. Oh, yeah. Exactly. But as an actual player mm-hmm. and. The comments on this, I think, are some of the some of the funniest shit ever. So we've got Flag Mantle have put on selectors might find him a spot in the ruck. <laughs> Someone with a Hawthorne badge as their profile picture. Yep, he'll be the fifteenth midfielder selected and put in a position he's never played because there's heaps of great mids and only a few actual midfield positions, and the selectors refuse to pick players based on their strongest position played. <laughs> He's played halfback, like most of the time, right? I'm pretty sure he started halfback mm. yep. the majority of games. Averaging yeah. um, 26 disposals. I would, yeah, 26.6, right? I mean, he gets moved places, but yes, I'm pretty sure he's often listed as halfback. Mm. Yep. I would quite happily put him as one of the, what, you'd pick three, wouldn't you? So I'd, yep. quite, I'd quite happily put him in top him, three. Stephen May. Jarmaine Impey. Probably not. Um <laughs> He's good. He's good. But I, he, he wouldn't, he's not all Australian, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think it's fine. And then at basketball on Tuesday, Matt brought up... Uh, it was more basketball related, but we were talking about it in regards to Nick Dacos is being best youngster and... Mm. Brownlow equivalent so, so MVP and rookie yeah, of the yeah, year yeah. essentially mm. I don't think there's any rule against being Brownlow medalist and rising star surely right? no there wouldn't be no because it's based on a, a on votes voting right? system yeah best on ground but given that he hasn't been voted for yet um, like it doesn't get Brownlow votes mm. but I think I think he's pretty pretty impactful yeah interesting um, I guess it makes more sense in the NBA MVP and rookie yeah, year, yeah. but I yeah 
I don't think being one should rule you out from being the other, I think was my takeaway from that yeah, conversation. Because yeah. yeah, you could absolutely. be the best rookie and the best player in the league. Yeah. Um, yeah, of course. But um, even pretty... I can't think of the word, really. Factors to go into Nick Dacos, um, his father and his brother, and the media hype around him, it's a lot of pressure, mm. you know. Like, you can I, I can see people's stances on it could be, oh, poor, oh, you know, boohoo. He's an AFL player. I mean, like people that followed LeBron James's career, he was 15 years old in high school, and people were saying he's going to be the next best player of the next decade, mm-hmm. and I feel Nick has had a lot of that pressure put onto him, and he has not only risen to the occasion, but. It's done exactly what LeBron did. Mm. Pressure makes diamonds, boys. Exactly. (laughs) Um, Sorry, I kept scrolling on these comments. Um, Any other good ones? Yeah, but I've just lost it. (laughs) So I thought I'd find it again, but I really don't don't know how I've done that. Unlucky. So we've got... Stand by. The next bit of AFL news. Yep. So Jack, Jack Harlow is in Australia for... A tour and, you know, Splinter in the Grass and all that sort of stuff. Okay. Confirmed huge AFL fan. Right. <laughs> so, he had a show in Perth, I don't know, last night, night, night before. It was sold out. Performed with a Frio Dockers bucket hat on. Instagram story. Can't sleep watching AFL highlights. Two highlights that he was watching. Tony Lockett. Bomb on one from the center square, basically. Yep. And Peter Dacos dribbling one in from the boundary. Absolute beautiful. And another comment that he had as his um, story caption was, that umpire's fit is fucking insane and then so hard on the next one. (laughs) And it was the old like 80s, 90s umpire with the black pants, the white lab coat and the like butcher's hat of the goal umpire. It's quite a look. Quite a fit. Um. So, confirmed big-time footy fan. I wonder if he'll stick with the Dockers. I'm I'm dubious. Do you think it's just a sort of promoting thing? Maybe. 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 We'll see if he um, if he panders to each of his audiences yeah. and puts on a different hat. Yeah. Something to watch out for. Mm, but he is absolutely dead on about the umpire fit. Oh, yeah. Bring that back. Oh. I don't want to see this lime green. No. Why not just make the field umpires white again as well? There's no fully white teams. Doesn't make any sense. Just slacks and a boring high-vis coloured t-shirt tucked in. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of boring. They should have to have the the lab coat and the tie on underneath like they used to. Sweater vest, three-piece perhaps. (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The the butcher. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I missed... The majority of that, I heard Jack Harlow and saying, yeah, whatever. Big but Dockers fan. I was fine. Oh, yeah, oh. Com- I completely missed that. Um, I thought you said Collingwood. No. Unlucky. I did say Peter Dacos. Oh, that could be it. Yeah. But importantly, I found the comment I was talking about. Go on. Uh-huh. Someone said, it's a bit early to call Nick Dacos uh, that good, which given that, I don't know, we're pretty far into the season. I think it's pretty okay to call it that he's pretty good at this point, um, given <laughs> his averages so far. 
that's true. Um, but he could have another eight to ten years in his career, so it may be a bit early to call him good in his career so far. Yeah, but it's not about the career. It's about the team this year. Mm. This is the article. So, I don't know. Get some perspective. Check yourself. <laughs> um, and there's a lot of Collingwood hate going on on this page. So, not I hope Dan didn't read the comments. <laughs> um, He's used to it. That's fair, actually. Probably avoids it just yeah. no- normally, doesn't he? Yeah. Got some other notes here. Do you? No, you do. Oh. Into other sporting news. Yep. Um, yep. Touching on the NBA. Summer League finished up. Portland won the Summer League Championship with a ring and everything. Right. And, and Damien Little didn't even know that they won it after they called him from the locker room. He was like, oh, Weesh. cool. Oh well, unlucky. That's all I got. NHL, there's, <laughs> NHL, there's been some moves, but yeah, there was we'll some get to it in, in the, the NHL summer league. Um, people have been swimming. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's all I got. Not a lot of ice left at the moment. <laughs> yeah, no, not really. Um, the lakes are very much not frozen over. What, the what? hockey players are currently playing in driveways with their roller rollerblades <laughs> on. Um. That's about it. Yeah, that's uh, about it. Pretty much football in it. Football in it. You've watched. You've watched more than I have. I've um, watched a bit of the winter festival of football. Football. Um, Is that what you're calling it, or are other people also? That's what. This? Uh, what the winter festival? That's yep. what Channel Ten's calling it. Ah, are they broadcasting the mm. United games on Channel Ten? Mm-hmm. Nice. Okay. As well as the um, Chelsea and Arsenal games over in the states. They're getting those ones too. Unreal. Oh, I'm pretty sure one of them was You'll pretty embarrassing. And, and Paramount Plus. Oh. Um, so, United versus Crystal Palace on Tuesday night, I think, at the MCG. 76,000 mm-hmm. fans, so pretty big turnout. Not as big as AFL, just quietly, but <laughs> pretty good turnout. That's impressive. Um, but my favourite bit of the game, uh, United won 3-1. My favourite bit of the game was Harry Maguire was up to his old tricks again. Harry no. Maguire! He went to head a ball clear of his big melon, <laughs> hit a teammate in the back, ricocheted to a Crystal Palace player. But luckily for the smart defending of whoever right back was for United, who jumped up to join the line, if he didn't jump up, the Palace player would have been onside. Luckily, he jumped up and was offside, and therefore the goal was disallowed. So it wasn't an own goal as a result of Harry Maguire. But getting in form early in Fuck, the preseason. That is shocking. So um, sigh of am, relief from him. I'm a big so there is a Facebook page called like the Harry Maguire Academy of Defending. <laughs> oh my god. And it is all like it, it's the idea that there is a Harry Maguire Academy, uh, and they're posting as them and it's it's hilarious. They're always in character, there's no like character breaks. Um and they're always praising people for doing stupid shit. <laughs> so go check it out because they probably posted about that and I missed it. Probably. Um, but they're so funny and they they talk about like other like uh, old mate Langley who was at Barcelona. Not sure if he moved and how how he is a student of the Maguire <laughs> and makes all these stupid fucking mistakes and it's uh, it's hilarious and low key um i don't think maguire should be starting for united this year you reckon that's a segue <laughs> um i know he's club captain <laughs> 
but hear me out. <laughs> they just signed, uh, well, fucking what's his name, Martinez or something from Ajax. Ten Hag came from Ajax as well. Mm-hmm. Martinez uh, plays as a left-sided centre-back. And the way that Ten Hag works is his full-backs, this is the, the, the brief cliff notes, his full-backs fucking fly, dude. Mm-hmm. Like like Klopp full-backs, except uh, possibly even more aggressive. The left centre-back has to cover the centre, but not as much because uh, the midfield's generally pretty clustered. But the left wing quite heavily as well. Harry Maguire is not fucking mobile at all. He will trip over himself <laughs> if he has to move from the centre all the way out. Um, he'll get breezed by... He'll just absolutely get blown by by like Salah and the boys. Unlucky. I reckon he gets dropped. Martinez played pretty well in that position. Mind you, Ajax aren't really super contested in the Netherlands. They're mm. easily the, the best team there. Um but still, I think Martinez being a little bit more mobile might win him that spot. We'll keep an eye out for that if, then. If Ten Hag is not too scared to drop the club captain. Mm, yeah. <laughs> um, also think if he's not too scared, he'll do the right thing by the club and not start Ronaldo. Mm. Ooh. Absolutely. Uh, he'll bring on someone who provides more who pressing didn't, numbers. Didn't travel uh, sorry, down the under. pressure factor. Mm, exactly. Um, he'll he'll put on someone that has what two hundred and fourteen pressure factor exactly. per, per minute yep. or something. Not enough pressure. At acts. least above average pressure rating. <laughs> yeah, not significantly below average. Yeah. Um, not saying Ronaldo's bad. He just brings something different, and that is no pressure whatsoever. But but we'll happily tap, tap him, him in. in. <laughs> <laughs> or take um, the penalties. Yeah, he'll take the penalties. Well, I mean, uh, Fernandez, Fernandez is on off um, penalty duties after skying the shit out of one <laughs> late last season for the win. Um, so there's no way he's taking them anymore. Um, but yeah, sorry for my United se- uh, rant. That's right. I think um, my second favorite thing, or I guess my favorite thing about the whole uh, football friendlies so far is the yep. amount of changes they make per game it's like oh, nfl it's line changes like they'll cut over and be like oh time for some subs and there's eight blokes standing on the sideline and ready to go and, then, the and then five boys. on the other team coming in how exciting now and each person has to like you know dap up every person that's coming in as they go out as well so it takes like two minutes to change your bit, <laughs> bit of a time waste though. yeah exactly i've got a clip for you guys oh go on unfortunately this is an audio medium Yep. Now, Everton are playing in America with not in the same cup as Chelsea and Arsenal. Arsenal, but they're playing. They played Minnesota. Interesting. It was a no bueno for them. They really? lost four nil. Ooh, not terrible. They lost four nil to Minnesota. Oh, I couldn't yeah. even. I couldn't even tell you what the Minnesota team's called. Is it just Minnesota FC? Timberwolves, right? That ain't them, Chief. It could be. No, it's no, it's not. Uh, they're probably like the Lumberjacks or something. <laughs> it's it's the Portland Timbers, in case you're wondering. The Lumberjacks. I was making a... Yeah, whatever. Look, this is the <laughs> clip of the week. Um, this is Deli Alley, who, yep, is a good footballer, uh, receiving the cross in the middle, right? Okay. So, someone crosses it in, thinks Mason Holgate or something, crosses it in. Whoops. Oh, what a touch. Man is in the middle of the goal, needs the tap in, no, sends it 
wide as fuck. No techers whatsoever. Absolutely no techers. I'm hoping this this clip continues and gives us it in slow motion, but all we see currently is Deli Alley's sad face. How does that happen? Well, he got his foot at the wrong angle, didn't he? He was Yeah, he wasn't even planted. He was right where the goalkeeper should be on a corner. Yep. And it caroms off his other foot or mm. caroms off one of his feet and just misses the goal completely. Like he could have just slid into the goal and it would have gone in with him. Now, the internet doesn't care enough about this game to show me the lineups on that little Google plugin mm. that does all the sports, so I <laughs> couldn't tell you how many swaps they made. Um, but given that Deli Ali was on, I assume they played a handful at least of first team players and they lost 4-0 so uh, future on them getting relegated maybe <laughs> I mean another embarrassment was Chelsea losing today to Charlotte FC oh I missed that yeah uh, Pulisic American boy scored oh you would have loved in that in the 30th minute Chelsea up 1-0 Charlotte scores 90 plus 2 to equalise wins 5-3 in penalties. Unlucky. Beautiful. Chelsea to get relegated. I mean, they they have access to money now. (laughs) At least they're not frozen out anymore like they were before. Oh, Raheem Sterling's already travelling with Chelsea. I didn't realise that. Ooh. Um, He got subbed on. There you go. (laughs) But yeah, Chelsea had very good Starting lineup, and then their squad's pretty deep, so they had a pretty solid set of subs that came on, except for the defense, I should add. So that could be why that last goal came through. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's unlucky. Bit sad. All the Chelsea boys are walking home <laughs> for that one. Might need to swim, um, I think. Cross the channel, rowing home. Now, what's the LA team called? Are they LA United FC? Uh, maybe or LAFC LA Galaxy I think we should LA, LAFC yeah I think we should put a future on them to win the MLS why because I've got Gareth that, Bale Gareth Bale and then the bloke wow. who calls himself the best player in the MLS Carlos Vela the guy the guy that is the, that the guy that um, Ibrahimovic ripped into yeah he pissed off Ibra and Ibra yeah. went off at him yeah, yeah it was yeah. great and then Chiellini is there too and there's a photo of the whole LAFC lining up to walk in from the dressing room onto the pitch and Chiellini's doing his big <laughs> shit-eating grin straight at the camera, ready to walk on, his big bald head just standing out like a fucking sore thumb. Um, That's too good. They're, yeah. they're going to be immense in the MLS. Uh, yeah, legit though. $4 currently favourites, LAFC, $4. Is that $4 dramatically different to the the next, next favourite? Uh, $8 for New York City or Philadelphia Union. Yikes. Two houses? Comfortably. Yeah, probably. That's pretty good. Um, yeah, that's all the football news I have. That's everything I've got too. Do we have any other news? Time for a coin flip, perhaps. Oh, I don't think I have any other other news. I don't think I've got any other other news. Let me just triple check. Other, other Ooh, news? Oh, here we go. Actually, oh. Sportsbet posted this. Um, shout out to little known sports betting company Sportsbet (laughs) (laughs) Christmas day plans 2022 eat bulk prawns open my Lynx Africa gift pack (laughs) send some bounces Nan's way 
and watch some NBL because Christmas Day will now have its first Australian sporting fixture with the NBL set to stage a clash between Sydney Kings and Melbourne United on Christmas Day. Hmm. It's an idea. Yeah, I think it'd be lovely because we'll have Christmas I, Day basketball. I don't hate it. And then... Boxing Day, Boxing Day. basketball. Oh, I meant, <laughs> I meant the cricket, but it is what it is. Um, you can watch the basketball at the cricket, I guess. Bring a glare-free screen protector. <laughs> um, but yeah, truly the holiday season or something. I don't know. Oh, look, I'm falling apart. Let's just flip a fucking coin. Uh, who's up? Killing, I believe. It is actually me. Yep. Now I can't leave to. F- I can't fucking. Can't flip your own coin. Can't flip my own coin. I'm just gonna right. hold hold the laptop to you so I don't un- don't unplug the things. Yeah. Right. Do you want me to hold it and then you can click? Oh yeah. All right. Now don't get through do the whoosh. Ready, Maddie? Heads. Great call. Oh, actually. Great call. I, Ooh, I yeah. even heard a little ting from the coin there too. Yeah, I didn't mute my laptop this week. Nice. Yeah. Brilliant. So that Great is... Call. I can't believe I nailed that. Heads was due though. It was due. 4% due. Well and truly yeah, heads overdue. Is, heads is well and truly due for a run. Um, that puts me on... Fucking probably two correct guesses at this point, <laughs> if I'm going to be honest. Surely you have at least two. I had two before that, so I think I've got three now. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, but yeah. Good stuff. That's about it, isn't it? I think so. See you next week. Sound off. <laughs> well, <laughs> yuck. <laughs> Fucking cheerio then. Jesus Christ, Matthew. Hey. It's going off. Thank oh, well, I'm glad I didn't cut already. Yeah, nice. Thanks for saying the actual thing. <laughs> I'm going to cut now. Okay. Can we keep talking? I suppose we can. Oh, no. Found fish. All right, we're done. <laughs>